He is going to drop the throw. He is going to drop the throw. Fires deep along the right sideline for Alec, Alec Pierce. Pierce. He's got it. Touchdown! Touchdown! Alec Pierce spikes it into the end zone. Touchdown! I-N-D-Y! A 32-yard grab over the shoulder snag. Good evening, everyone. How are you doing? It is Kicking with the Crew. We are back for another playoff edition of our show where we discuss a lot of NFL. We're going to discuss some coach candidates tonight. Uh, we'll probably get into answering some comments like we always do because you guys drive this show just as much as we do. And probably debate. Yeah, oh, yeah. We'll definitely debate. We'll I'll, definitely I'll, debate. I'll but I, debate a little bit. I'm going to debate a little say, bit tonight. I can say one thing. I know I know. DeMarco wanted us to put together our, our – Top three coaching candidates, and I'm I'm just gonna say my top bottom candidates. I'm pretty sure almost our 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 three are gonna be the same. <laughs> it's it's pretty simple, but for sure, yeah. Thanks everybody for coming in tonight. Um, we appreciate you guys as always for joining in. Hope everybody's seen that great game that we had. Uh, I was a little scared there. Uh, Patrick Mahomes got hurt for a while. But, you know, Chad Henney came in, and this is why you need a good veteran quarterback and you need a system that works. You need a good coach um, to have your team ready at all times, which is why I'm really huge on, on some of the candidates we have and some that I really don't want. Um, so we will get to a lot of that tonight. Yes, sir. Hey, what's up, Ash? What's up, Chad? Yeah, I don't know why everybody's confused that KC won. I thought that was kind of a, a gimme. Um I didn't. Ex- I didn't expect Jags to win that game. I expect them to give a fight. But yeah, there was a weird stat floating around during that game too that kind of made me laugh. A buddy of mine who's a Jags fan um, hit me up with it, and even he was dying. It was. Uh, it's been six consecutive seasons of a of a conference championship oh. that either the Kansas City Chiefs or the Jacksonville Jaguars. <laughs> I've seen that garbage, <laughs> bro. So they they supposedly put it at the bottom ticker <laughs> during uh, halftime. Yeah, like, who does that? That's the dumbest stat I've ever heard. Oh yeah. man, I thought that thing was awful. It's like, okay, I, I get it. We we want to try and be funny here, but like, really, you can't sit here and say that's the stat when it's been one of those teams for five consecutive. <laughs> Facts. Like, Facts. come on, dude. I'll go ahead and answer Ashley's question. Um, I got Philly. Uh, I don't have Philly by a landslide, though. So uh, it's a divisional matchup, so it's, I think it's going to be a good game. Uh, it truly depends on what Jalen Hurts shows up. Him if coming back healthy. from injury and everything. Yeah, if so he he's healthy. if he plays healthy, then I think he's going to be all right. Yeah, I also have Philly in that game. Um, like Matt said, not a landslide. I do think... Uh, the Eagles could probably win by 10, though. Um, some may call that a landslide, may not, but uh, I think it should be a fairly um, routine game for Philly. I think Jalen Hurts will come back. Even if he doesn't run a lot, I think he should still be able to pass um, and do some things and, and play against this uh, this defense that he's going against and be able to take advantage of them, score some points, and get the win uh, because Philly is – not Minnesota. Definitely not. I think uh, I think it's going to take for Philadelphia to have almost a defensive collapse for New York to go out here and put 25, 30 points on the board. So I think it should be a fairly routine game for Philly. 
Um, I think they'll turn to running the ball a little bit more this game, throw on play action, um, and just get some points on the board. So I'm going to go with Philly. Of course, you can't be surprised with a divisional game. Stuff can swing pretty quick. So I, I agree 100%. I think when we did our votes this week, it was everybody went Kansas City, and I believe everybody went Philly for yep. Saturday games. So kicking with the crew officially went with Kansas City and went with Philly. Um, and just to give fans an update, I am I am uh, actually 7-0. and Haven't got one wrong yet. The only one I got wrong was the Tampa Bay-Dallas game. That's all right with me. I'll Same. With it. Same, Matt. I'll yeah, I was thinking. <laughs> I'll deal Same. with it. I thought that, I thought that we were going to get the real Dak, and we didn't get the real Dak. So, uh, well, Zach, oh, with the team, Zach went with the Giants. Yep, he did. And uh, I don't know if he went against us at all. Oh, yeah, he did. He went San Diego or L.A. Went, last week. He went L.A. Yeah. against Jacksonville. Because we made crazy at halftime. Just so, just so everyone knows, <laughs> if you saw the show last week, he made us apologize live on, on the camera. Air. Yeah, live and on the we, air. We made him apologize to us in the group chat, but now we want – he's going to give us – since he's not on the show tonight, and I'm pretty sure he did this on purpose. Uh, <laughs> one of these weeks, he's going to apologize. <laughs> the next time he's on the show, he's apologizing live, being silly. But let's go ahead and move on to Buffalo and Cincy. Who y'all got? I have Cincy. Oh. I got the Bengals, man. I like them. Okay. Okay. Buffalo. Mm-hmm. Buffalo. Josh Allen's going to get it done. He's gonna get it done. I got Joe Buffalo. Burrow I got, is not I got, actually. Stand I got by. Josh I Allen. I got Josh Allen getting turnovers done. It doesn't matter for him though. He can throw. <laughs> he can throw three picks. He's still gonna win the game. Not Joe against Burrow. what? Not Joe against Tennessee. No. Joe Burrow is not willing to do the things that Josh Allen is willing to do to win. Hey, okay, 100%. I lied. I said I actually got Cincy. Uh, my bad. I said Buffalo. I had to go look back at my bracket, and I actually have Cincy. Matt, you do not agree with that at all, do you? What? Yeah, Josh Allen can have three picks, and look at the deep shot there by Jalen Hurts. Oh yeah, Philly's winning I'm, this game. I'm a little bit. I'm a little bit behind. Hold on, hold on. Oh my bad, my bad. Um, but yeah, he said uh, uh Josh Allen can have three picks, and Bill still win this game. I don't there's think so, no, man. There's no way. He I don't think more, so. He has more than Bro, two turnovers. You're talking about him having. You're talking about him having so like a terrible game last week and beating Miami without Tua. Tua is Joe Burrow is not a backup quarterback of the Just Miami watch. Dolphins. Just watch. He's played like that the last half of this season. He's played like that the last half of this season. He's been throwing two, occasionally three picks a game. Sometimes we get away clean. I'm telling you, he's willing to do is, things. Joe Burrow is not one. I know it's playoffs. I already know what you're about to say. It's but playoffs. I'm telling you, if you got if you're if it's third and ten. You're the, you're, the, you're the guy sitting in the box calling plays. Who do you want throwing the football, running the football, running the offense on third and ten? When is a blitz coming? I'm taking uh, this, Josh Allen. This year, I'm taking Joe Burrow. Okay. Now you sound like now you, now you sound like Zach. No, this, year, <laughs> this season, I'm taking Joe Burrow over Josh Allen. I, the only thing Josh Allen's done this season is show that he's overrated. Oh, goodness. Okay. You did call that there was going to be a debate, and here it is. You just called Josh Allen overrated. Josh Allen is overrated. Hey, De- DeMarco, we can't hear you. Hey, he probably agreed with you. I'm glad he's muted. <laughs> <laughs> he's still muted. He's still muted. <laughs> My bad. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Right now he is overrated. You gotta remember this is a <laughs> this is a this is a week to week league, and, and we yeah. gotta remember that what you put on the field each week is what somebody's going to rate you by. Josh Allen came into this year 
as the MVP favorite. You know where he ranks on that list right he's now? Not even he's like he's it. only like five. <laughs> yeah, he's not even sniffing it. Yeah, so you got to remember what you put on the field each week is is what you're going to be rated as. Right now, Josh Allen is not going to be that guy. Whether he can run the ball like crazy or not, he's still turning over the ball too much. It's the same thing people say for Dak Prescott. You turn over the ball too much, your team is going to lose in the playoffs. I can't Listen, believe you just put you Dak put, Prescott's hold name on, hold on. Josh Allen. If you put, no, no, I'm not putting them in the same sense. I'm, I'm talking about the turnovers, just the turnovers. If you, if you put – if you put Stefan Diggs in Cincy, Joe Burrow doesn't throw three interceptions a game. I mean, Joe Burrow rarely throws three interceptions a game. I'm just saying. He's not going to throw the interceptions that. <laughs> exactly. I can't, I can't that, wait that, for tomorrow that Josh I cannot wait for tomorrow now. I cannot wait. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Remember, Zach thought, we had to, Zach thought we had to apologize and we got it right. I, I got a good feeling we're going to be right again. Yeah. And as a matter of fact, think back to when they played last time. Only seven minutes into the game, and the Bengals were about to go up 14-3 to on the Buffalo Bills, who's supposed to have a number one offense, a number one defense, and a good special teams. And the Bengals were running them. I got the Bengals, man. I got the Bengals, too. All right, let's, uh, let's go ahead and move over to San Fran and Dallas. I think we all know where we're going here. I don't know. I don't know. Let's hear what y'all got. Damon? Brock Purdy's going to fall on his face, and the Cowboys are going to win. Oh! Oh! Oh, Damon's alone due. on this one. It's due. He's due oh, for man. it. You know, you know what? You know but what? think about this. That. Think about this now. Think think about this now. He is due for it. This guy's had the most perfect run. Fairy tales do not get rid in the NFL unless the NFL wants it and to you, happen. And you think Dak Prescott's going to be the one to do it for him? It doesn't have to be. If he falls, on his, if he falls flat on his face, he's going to be another backup-looking quarterback. But he can Dallas look like a, a running. Dallas has a running like, game. Same he can look problem. like a backup-looking quarterback. That running game's not going to do anything against San Francisco's defense. Yeah. See, my problem with that is, is I just see it. thinks that uh, Brock Purdy can fall on his face, and I just don't think Kyle Shanahan would ever call a game for his quarterback to go out there and like try and throw the ball forty times to fall on his face. I don't think not Kyle Shanahan will either. But it doesn't come on the shoulders of Kyle Shanahan at that point when he is runs it, out in the field. But when you have Christian McCaffrey, what are you so worried about? Just saying, Christian McCaffrey is better than Tony Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. And, and Matt, just to be frank, me and you both live in Texas. We don't, don't say we happen. don't say Frank in here. All right, we don't. Say Frank. <laughs> <laughs> we both we both live in Texas, and this is the last thing we want to see. Let's just be real here. That's but facts. That's I facts. I just and I you just, don't you don't live in the part of Texas that has to deal with it as much as I do. <laughs> you're you're right. I don't. <laughs> I work two minutes from freaking headquarters. <laughs> uh, so I guess we'll see. I guess we'll see. Do I want I San Fran see. to win this game? See. But I think uh, it's not. Yeah. That's that. This this is facts right here. It's not Dak versus Purdy. It's QB versus defense. Yeah. That see that's the that's the media narrative when they go quarterback versus quarterback. Yeah. And I've never believed in that crap. And this is and that's exactly why why I think the uh, the Niners still win by maybe. 10 to 14 points is because of the fact that their defense is too good. Um, if, if Kellen Moore can get his head out of his butt and he can stick to running the football, get Dak in rhythm, just like they did against the Buccaneers after the first couple series, I think then he can make some, they can, they can, the Cowboys can have a chance in the game. But if they come out there and they think Dak is going to be a Patrick Mahomes or a Joe Burrow and he's going to throw the ball 50 times, Cowboys getting boat raced. 
if Dak plays like he played again last week, I know this is a San Francisco defense. I'm going to repeat this so y'all don't take words out of my mouth and correct me. If Dak plays like he played last week, they're winning. That we 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 kind of we kind of barely jotted over that game, but that was that was some pretty good football, but, man. But he played but he played like that against Tampa Bay. And people yep. don't understand how trash Tampa is. Yeah. Uh, I, not, I don't think a team in that division should have been in the playoffs. That's not San Francisco's <laughs> defense. I mean, I'm sorry, you don't have uh goddamn Boza coming at you. They didn't have anybody. They didn't have JPP anymore. And then, and then that t- Dallas's defense just ain't that good. They gotta face Debo, CMC, and Big Cock Brock. Well, I hope that you enjoy watching the Dallas Cowboys defense play tomorrow because they <laughs> might be our new coach. <laughs> hey, uh, Chad, Chad said bold prediction: Cowboys don't score over seven. Ouch! Oh, ouch! I got I got a little bit more respect for the Cowboys, man. I, I think they'll they'll put up a, a decent fight, but I still think it ends up being like twenty four to thirty four, something like that. You know, seventeen twenty seven, something in that type of range. Yeah, it's not I think it'll. Blow I think I, I think the Niners will just look more dominant, and the Cowboys just won't make enough plays to the Niners from you know Listen, doing Dak, what they do. Dak isn't going to throw over three hundred yards tomorrow. I mean, I wouldn't even say that. I don't know. Not bro. like he did last week. He's not going to yeah, throw bro. over 300 like, yards. See, that's my thing, though. He can still throw over 300 yards and have a good game, but they still lose. Like, think about the game that, that Jarrett Stidham with the Raiders played versus the Niners. And I'm not trying to compare the same systems in, in the game and whatnot. But it's like if the if Kellen Moore – this is why I keep saying Kellen Moore. If he gets the run game going, get Dak in rhythm and not make him just go out there thinking he can throw the ball every play, Dak can have a, a good game and they still just lose and it be a close one. So that's my thing. That's why they got to run the oh, ball. I'm saying it. Dak ain't throwing for over 300 yards, man. Kellen Moore's a good OC, too, man. Yeah, I, I think Kellen Moore's got to be smart. I think that's the key here for them. He will. And Kellen Moore's smart. I'm not Kellen worried Moore's about Kellen Moore. I, I just, Mike McCarthy's probably, to me, one of the worst head coaches in football. You really think so? I hate, I hate Mike McCarthy, man. I said this oh, two years God. ago, and, and Damon was there when I said it before. And the reason I say it, is because he can get your team to the playoffs, but he can Yo, never get up, you over just... the hump. He's literally, he's literally the Peyton Manning of coaching. He's a oh, he's man, a great I... season coach, but when it comes to the NFL, he can't get you over the hump. How many times did he get Green Bay over the hump? Yeah, but I wouldn't necessarily say that's a bad coach, though. That's like I don't like Mike McCarthy. I mean, like, like, like that's what I that's what I hate. Like when I they go he, on TV I... and they um they keep dragging Mike McCarthy on like some of the shows and stuff like that. But it's like people should. like will will he get will he get fired and whatnot? It's like, bro, they went from eight and eight Jason Garrett to a twelve and four, twelve and uh, twelve and five Mike McCarthy. Like I don't really see that as a downfall. Yeah, maybe he has some flaws when they get to the playoffs and they're not. You know, going all the way as some people would think they should, but man, I'd much rather go twelve and four and make the playoffs and, and kind of be right there rather than be eight and eight and just keep missing the playoffs and everybody keep dragging the Cowboys through the dirt. So, I mean, I personally, I don't call him a bad coach. I just think he has some flaws. I, 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 uh, I, consistent flaws. Yeah, I mean, and, and that's what up. I don't. I don't like that in people is consistent flaws. But would you rather make the playoffs or have flaws in the regular season and just keep going eight and eight? Yeah, sure. I'd rather have neither. I'd rather have that fucking coach that can get over the hump in the playoffs. I don't care if you get me there. What are you gonna do with it? 
What are you going to do with it? It's, it's hard to find that coach, though. But then, but then you look. You, then you look like the Dallas Cowboys. Then you look like the Tennessee Titans. Teams that can go ahead and make the playoffs and do nothing with it. It's just a waste of a spot. Yeah, I mean that's a, that's two different situations, though. No, it's not. It's exactly the same. Both teams no, have, are coached well. No, both, hold on, hold on, hold on. Well. Both teams are coached well. They make the playoffs and they do nothing with it. Yeah, but hold on, that's two different things. Tennessee, no, it's, it's the same thing. No, Tennessee is coached well. But they're bereft of talent. The Cowboys are coached well in the regular season and have talent, but and, and still do nothing with it. That's got nothing to do with the coaches. They're both both I teams mean, are coached well. Both teams make the playoffs, and both teams do nothing. So, okay, so if, so if, so if we're like saying this, game. Mike Vrabel is clearly a better coach than Mike than, than Mike Carthy, considering he takes yeah, the less oh, yeah. talented team to the playoffs. Yeah, yeah, so, I, I would so, agree with you there. So basically, it's like if we were, if we put Mike McCarthy in a spot, basically what we're saying is here he'd be like a top fourteen coach. He will get out coached by anybody who is a better coach than him, and if they're not, he can win. <laughs> so uh, I get like, you know, I mean, I personally just, think there's a lot of coaches that out could, that can out coach Mike McCarthy. They just don't have. Hey, that's another that's another point. They could be bereft of talent. I see that too, though, Matt. I do see what you're saying there. Yeah, I mean that's 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 good points all around the board. It's it's tough one to call. I just hate when people call him a bad. coach. I'm not gonna say he's. I'm not gonna. I did. I did go a little far and say he's the worst coach. He's not the worst coach. I mean, he's top fifteen coach. Maybe top twenty. Yeah, I I I think I'd settle there for top fifteen and just he can be easily out coached. That was a nice little debate there. It was. Frank, right? Uh, I, honestly, I don't know if he'd have to coach Mike McCarthy. <laughs> if it was a playoff game, I'd say, yeah, Frank Reich could probably out coach him. But a regular Frank season, Reich. I don't know. No, Frank Reich didn't. <laughs> did Frank Reich out coach? No. That was, Jer- that was Jason Garrett when we beat them 23-0, That was the week after we lost to the Jaguars 6 nothing. Man. Was that? Yeah. Yeah. That was the year Andrew Luck. The only game we lost lost since week seven. Since week seven. No, it was six nothing, and then we went out and destroyed Cowboys. That was week eight. I think that was week eight, 2018. We did that, if I'm not mistaken. It was later in the season. Was it really? Yeah. I thought it would have been like two weeks. I'll All right. Well, um, was that every playoff team? Did we miss any? Yeah, we we hit them for this week. All right. So real quick, then let's uh jump over real quick because I'm seeing a question in here uh, from Tristan saying, "Cooling man, I want the 49ers DC D'Amico Ryan's. What y'all say?" So so hold on one second. One second. I completely lied. Uh, it was we we lost to Jacksonville six nothing. Then we beat Houston 24-21. Then we beat Dallas yeah. twenty three nothing. Weeks what, thirteen, fourteen, and fifteen. That's what I thought. It was. I thought there was like a week in there, but or, yeah, there there was. I I just forgot about Houston because they didn't really matter <laughs> to us ever. So we about we we about made Dallas get rid of Dak that game. That yeah. was the most Dak hate I ever saw <laughs> in history. <laughs> yeah. So um, with that being said, uh, so we have twelve coaching candidates for all out there who don't know. Been 13, but Ben Johnson has said he is staying with the Detroit Lions. Um, we have completed interviews with Raheem Morris, defensive coordinator for the uh, Rams. 
uh, Aaron Glenn, defensive coordinator with the Detroit Lions. Shane Steichen, uh, offensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. Ichiro Ibero, defensive coordinator for the Broncos. Um, Bubba Ventrone, our own uh, Indianapolis Colts special teams coordinator. Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. Um, Jeff Saturday, our interim head coach and our uh, our All Pro Pro Bowl center. Uh, and we have interviewed Dan Quinn, Cow, uh, Dallas Cowboys defensive coordinator, Brian Callahan, offensive coordinator for the Cincinnati Bengals, and then we have also interviewed Rich Basachi, a special team coordinator, formerly interim head coach for the Las Vegas Raiders, um, current special teams coordinator for the uh, Green Bay Packers. So those are all the ones that we have completed. There's still left out there that we need to finish up with. It's going to be the de uh, defensive coordinator, Wink Martindale for the um, New York Giants, offensive coordinator, Mike Kafka from the New York Giants, and then San Francisco's 49ers defensive coordinator, D'Amico Ryans. So going from there, um, Damon, who would you have as your top three candidates right now that we have requested and interviewed um, and then just give us a little bit of information on why you choose those three. Uh, I guess you could start with your, your number three of that list and work yep. your way. Up. Yep. My third would be Steichen. Um, and the reason why is, is obviously the work he's done with Jalen Hurts um, and that offense. And the reason why I have them three, and I know we kind of talked about this really few down the week, but when it comes to a physical, and I know we're going to get in debate about this, but physical talent in tool aspect of things, I don't know how well we stack up against what he's been able to work with in Philly. Um, that's not to say that he has not played a huge part in that offense working out because chemistry has a lot to do with any NFL offense working. I just don't think that he physically stacks up against those two candidates. Um, so Steichen being my third. My second would be D'Amico Ryans. Um, and what I like about him is the leadership aspect of things and the culture change that we physically need in our locker room. Um, I'm sick of the Colts being the locker room friendly team, the um, the soft team, may you say, um, the friendliest locker room in the NFL. That type of stuff doesn't show up on Sundays and let you win. So D'Amico, I think, kind of gives us a competitive edge that we've been missing um, and that figure that I think our players really are going to lean to lean to grow towards. Uh, but the reason why I don't physically put him one is just because us probably drafting a quarterback here at four. I think a rookie quarterback needs an offensive coordinator or an offensive style coach to work out. So my first one being Eric Bieniemy. And guys, we saw it today when when Patrick Mahomes went down, Shad Henney stepped right into the system and moved the ball right down the field and scored. Period. I, I don't know how else to explain it. We we need a a offensive minded coach, uh, a drastic overhaul on offense. Our defense sucks so bad at times because our offense sucks. We got to right. have an offense. So there you have it, folks. That's Damon's uh, top three. He has um, Shane Steichen, Eagles offensive coordinator, number three. Number two would be D'Amico Ryans, defensive coordinator for the uh, San Francisco 49ers. And number one on his list would be Eric Bieniemy, offensive coordinator for the Kansas City Chiefs. Wh who are you liking, Matt? Who is your top three? And a little breakdown yours? on which three. I did not give mine. Would you like me to go first? And do y'all want to kind of discuss – all of our, our choices as well, or kind of do that at the end. Yeah, yeah, we can do that at the end once we cool. Uh, cool, get cool. all there and, and kind of see where 
where we would head in that direction. Because uh, also, just to update for everybody out there, uh, there's a rumor going out that the Colts will shorten their list to a uh, top five out of the 12 um, sometime next week so for anybody who did not know. I swear to God if Jeff Saturday is on that top <clears throat> Uh, we're gonna. All right. Yeah, we'll so we'll discuss three, that part. So my three are pretty much the same as Damon's, but in a different order, right? And I think I've expressed a lot um, who my top guy is, but I haven't really told anyone he's my top guy. But I'll say my third is definitely D'Amico Ryan's. Um, I'll be right back. Uh, Damon, you go with yours. Uh, so Matt's going to take a break here real quick. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to go with my three. Um, this is, a. I guess I wouldn't say that mine's is too different from theirs, but my, my number three is going to be, um, so my number three is, uh, Eric B That's my number three. I love Eric B from the Kansas city chiefs. I know there's a bunch of rumors out going out on why he doesn't have a job. Um, and whatnot. Um, so personally, for me, the reason he's number three is because he doesn't call plays, and that's a reason that I would really want an offensive coordinator to be with our quarterback. Um, personally, just uh, I think the guy has has the resume. I mean, I think his resume speaks for itself. I don't see why he hasn't gotten a job. We can make whatever rumors we want. We're honestly not in the rooms we don't know, but I still think he's one of the top guys out there. Number two for me uh, will be different than theirs. My 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 number two. Um, which is a it's been a pretty tight race. It's been tough for me to swap them in and out. But my number two is Mike Kafka. Okay, the New York okay. Giants offensive coordinator. I really like Mike Kafka. I've watched what he's done with Daniel Jones and working with Daniel Jones. I mean, this is a guy that everybody said was garbage. They didn't want him. He was going to be out of the league. He was going to have no job. Looking at the way he uses Saquon Barkley, look at some of the bunch and stacks formations they got. Look at the receivers that they're working with. It's just been phenomenal, in my opinion, to watch what he's done with the offense that literally, literally has like three talented players. I mean, they, they had to get some top offensive linemen and stuff in there. Um, but Mike Kafka is is my number two, and it's been a tight race between Mike Kafka, Shane Steichen, and Eric Bieniemy. So any of those guys, they could easily have a top five list for me for all of those guys. Um, I, I like Mike Kafka and what he's done. Um, number one for me though is D'Amico Ryan's. Uh, I think D'Amico Ryan's. I know everybody. We have our quarterback situation, and you really want your quarterback to stick with a a uh, either a coordinator or offensive play caller or a quarterback coach, you want him to have that time with them. But um, one of the things that Damon said just really has stuck with me over the past few years, and it's been our leadership. And I think that's been something that's either lacking or has fall off, our leadership and toughness. And that's really something that I want established when it comes into the, uh, the when they come into the building. Nico Ryan's a former player, so he can sympathize with what the players go through, but he's also been on that coaching side to where he knows how hard it can be, how to coach, how to motivate, how to lead. Um, I think outside of being a defensive coordinator and look what he's done, they had uh, Robert Sala with that 49ers defense and he makes that defense not even look as good as the defense that he has led. Um, so I love D'Amico Ryans. Those would be my three. D'Amico Ryans, Mike Kafka, and Eric Bieniemy, And it'd be a tight race with Stain Steichen in there. I like the way he calls plays as well. I like that list, Marco. Here's my question. We go D'Amico Ryans. Who's our OC? So I, I have mentioned this before. Um, I know it, it'd be kind of like a pipe dream. But my thing would be 
<clears throat> is if if I'm um, Chris Ballard, who has a former relationship with Eric Bieniemy, I would want to convince him that hey, you're not calling plays in Kansas City. We're hiring D'Amico Ryan's, who isn't calling plays. You can get your QB coach. You know, just make sure D'Amico Ryan's approves of this. But we have D'Amico Ryan's as our head coach. We have Eric Bieniemy as our offensive coordinator, play caller, and then he gets his QB coach. That would be my combo right there, and hopefully get CJ Stroud and put him in a building with D'Amico Ryan's and Eric Bieniemy as your two coaches. They're your two your two minds that he gets to work with each and every day. That would be my plan. What if what if he goes after a guy like Josh McCown? Um, has do you Josh think he McCown, start, has, he, you, has he been calling plays? He, uh, yeah, uh, he's 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 interviewed a couple times for these ACs, but well, I know he's been for head coach. But what I do you think? I mean, and and do you think he starts pulling assistants? Because I, I I'm just being real. I don't think we can pull really an OC level guy. I, I just don't think. With to be a lateral all things considered, all things considered, yeah, exactly. I just, yeah. I just don't know our likelihood of grabbing someone and laterally having them move from OC to OC, especially well, in Indy. See, that was the part for me that that made it kind of easy though, because of the fact that Chris Ballard already has that formal relationship with Eric Bieniemy, right? And then also for Eric Bieniemy, he hasn't gotten a job, he hasn't gotten a head coaching job, and a lot of people say it's because he's with Andy Reid, he's not calling plays, he's more behind the scenes. Even Andy Reid, when he calls a play. It gets relayed to um, Eric Bieniemy, and then Eric Bieniemy tells the play to Patrick Mahomes. So for me, and if I'm in that situation, if I'm Chris Ballard, I'm letting him know, like, hey, look, you're behind the scenes. You know, we can, you know, you come in here with a rookie quarterback, you do well with him, even if it takes maybe a year or two, and boom, you're in the coaching cycle. Now you show him that you can do this with two different franchises. Yeah. There's yeah. no way in the hell you don't get a job and don't make huge money. And I wouldn't be surprised if Chris goes college level here either for an OC. That, that wouldn't. That's thing. That would not be. That would not surprise me. And then Chad asks here if we take Ryan's at HC, is Bradley safe? No, he's gone. Yeah, I don't. I think the way they they run their scheme. I mean, they both they they like to run the front fours, which uh, Zach, our friend Zach here, isn't a big fan of. Um, they run the four, but they play a lot more exotic. They they like to confuse quarterbacks. They move around. They stunts. communicate. They fly around the football. Yeah, stunts and stuff like that. So I wouldn't necessarily say that. Uh, I, I don't. I don't think he would be safe. No, I don't. I don't think. I mean, if if maybe if he knows him before, worked with him before, I think he may have the respect for him to say, "All right, I'll keep you on for a year and see how you do." You know. Um, I don't know if they have a prior relationship or anything like that. So my guess would be no. That wouldn't be a bad look. And, you know, I, 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 I know we kind of went through just the list of candidates that we've, that we've interviewed, but I think Kellen Moore should get an interview. I think about what he did with Cooper Rush, man. I I think about what he did with that guy. Um, And, and that, that, that Cowboys offense looks a lot better than it's looking previous years. Um, Every every OC is going to have his game uh, with balance, but man, I think I, I think Kellen Moore is brilliant. I think he is, man. I like his offense. Yeah. See, so I mean, I I watch name. I, I've always like looked at the talent he's had at receiver, 
Then you got a quarterback like Prescott, uh, Dak Prescott, who's been established. They had the top five O lines for most of the time that he was there. I, I think he's, I think he's a good mind. But the thing that worries me is too many times we go with like how Sean McVay got the job. And then you go to a guy, um, um, not with the Bengals. I think it was with the Vikings. A lot of these guys get the get the job. And that doesn't translate over to other teams. And so everybody keeps wanting to go with this young mind. I mean, look at Cliff's Kingsbury. So it's like it, it may or may not work, but I, I can't say that I'm the huge the biggest fan of Kellen Moore. I just don't know if uh, it'll even translate. I mean, I don't think not not necessarily his play calling, but I don't necessarily I can't say that he's the leader. Like if you think about the times where um as a matter of fact, yeah, when when Cooper Rush has came in and Dak Prescott was out for a while, and then he came back. Even their offenses look different because Kellen Moore isn't taking the lead to say, this is how I'm going to call the game, regardless of who's playing for me. He just immediately changes it. So that means shows there shows questioning your leadership or your character to be able to continue to lead that team depending on who's Yeah, and, and I've seen from a leadership style as well that Dan Quinn has kind of been a little bit more of the outspoken leader on that team. Yeah, yeah exactly. You know what I mean? So I do see that aspect of things, but man, I'm, I'm talking about scheme and things like that. Dude, I think that Cowboys scheme is great for our offense. I think, yeah. And, and going back, you know, going back to here, I think, I know we started to compare rosters, but if you think about that Cowboys roster, they are built pretty similar to us. Think about it. Wide receiver core, pretty close, right? They're tied in by committee. A lot of times we have J- Jonathan Taylor. That that's, I definitely say that would be the, the edge, but Offensive line, we're pretty similar. So I like I, I like maybe the flair that he give our offense. Yeah, um, um yeah, I, I don't think it's a bad one. I just I just don't really see him as the same in the same light from offensive coordinator to head coach. I, I just don't really know if that translates for me. Just me personally, I, I just don't really see that translate. And it and and, and 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 just to that point, if if we're going off strictly candidates alone, I would say D'Amico would be the only one that I see the strongest transition from coordinator coach when it and comes to leadership. You know what I mean? That's why he's my number one. Yeah. I'm with you. He said, no, bro, they got CD lamb. We've got nobody like that. <laughs> hey Zach, I need hey. you to stop hating on this Colts receiving core, man. I'm until with you on a little bit, Zach. Until they, until we get a quarterback, we can't keep throwing our guys under the bus, man. Watch, watch how my guy Paris Campbell go off. If we get CJ Stroud, man. Hey, but Matt, so yeah, my um, uh, I, I'm pretty. You remember Damon's top three? Uh, you said George was pretty close. My top three was Eric Bieniemy, um, in a tight race with Stain, uh, Shane Steichen. Um, my number two was Mike Kafka from the New York Giants, their offensive coordinator. Love what he's doing with those guys. And then my number one was D'Amico Ryan's. If you want to take off from there, back to yeah, my bad, man. There's somebody was popping off rounds. <laughs> down the street so i had to kind of go outside with with my piece and oh sure nobody was coming close to the house all good all good gotta take care uh, of family first <laughs> yeah and then my daughter lost her water bottle and she was throwing a fit so real quick uh, matt, before, you, before you go real quick matt i just want to address something that tristan just said here we are trying to trade michael pittman why bro i don't understand so this is a completely false rumor please Damn. ignore this rumor this is coming from some guy on twitter every year he comes out with a fake tweet and it goes viral somehow from some Bears fans or whatever. It's not real at all. Um, first of all, Chris Ballard has said he's stuck in the head coaching search. 
He has not looked at anything else. There's no way possible that he'd even be looking for a trade to trade Michael Pittman Jr. or any other Colts players. He's focused 100% on finding a head coach. That is not a real trade rumor. And then even if you go back and look at the trades, they're all favoring the Bears, which makes no sense. Chris Ballard always fleeces people in our trades. So just look at that. If it looks like we're winning the trade, then maybe it might be real. If we're not, then just super Another another big announcement, the Bush Light Clash is on February 5th, if anybody watches NASCAR. Mm. Just saw it. Right, I'm a big ahead, NASCAR man. fan, and I know that the Clash is kind of boring because it's at the L.A. Coliseum. So it's like a quarter-mile track, like 20 cars on it. It's literally like being stuck in traffic in L.A. It looks ridiculous. It's such a boring race. Oh. But, yeah, so... Mine are very similar to Damon's, uh, just a different order, right? Um, I got D'Amico Ryan's in my third spot. Um, I do like his leadership. I like what he does with San Francisco and how tough their defense is. And I think if if we did hire D'Amico Ryan's, I would love to see how that elevates an already stud defense that we have. I think it fully depends on who he would bring in as OC and how that, that OC would elevate this offense. Uh, my second spot is Eric Bieniemy, um, because obvious for obvious reasons, just like what Damon said, you know what he's able to do for that offense. Um, my favorite part about Eric Bieniemy on his offense and what he does is how many moving parts are moving around. Um, I don't know really if that is a is a hit at what Patrick Mahomes can do is reading and defense, uh, mainly because of the most the amount of motion that he uses, the amount of movement he uses makes it easier to read the defense for the quarterback. And that's what I think would elevate a young QB coming into the NFL is utilizing the amount of motions that Eric Bieniemy likes to use to be able to read NFL. Uh, but my number one is Shane. Uh, I like Shane because of his age. I think that's, to me, is what puts him over. And his resume is beautiful when I read that thing, man. The fact that he started in college 10 years ago uh, and <laughs> Coached one year in college, coached one year in almost multiple different teams, and then landed a spot as OC is just stellar. I like what he does with Philly. Um, I like the amount of motion that he uses. This as you can see right now. I literally, as I'm saying that, sending people in motion. So at, I like moving parts, man. I don't like boring style offenses where you just run out of the huddle, line up, and then run that play. I like movement. I like Switching formations, I like. I you like it. Just, make, you like it. Like it easy for the QB to yes. be able to read defenses. And not only that, man, it just in the pre-snap. It confuses defenses. It makes defenses weary. It makes them you. question exactly. Instead of what our offense had been all year, where we were adjusting to the defense as the play was going on, pre-snap, we're going to make them adjust. Pre-snap, yeah. everything. Everything has to be pre-snap, man. And that's what I like about Shane and Eric is what their offenses do snap here's my question free agency but draft wise does each one of those candidates change who we take and who we go after you would I hope think, not right oh, so i think it, it i think for on personnel wise um, i think for they want to look at i think for quarterback i don't think it changes i think for both guys cj stroud would work perfectly in their offense in my opinion uh, i think bryce bryce young would fit well in their offenses 
Uh, I don't think the only um the only thing that changes is for Eric Bieniemy, he would then have to come down from his expectations of working with Patrick Mahomes every day to working with a rookie, you know, to have to remember that. And then as far as for Shane Steichen, it's to go from you got a super mobile quarterback to you be going to a Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, um, or if we go with Will Levis, um, one of those guys who are a bit less mobile, unless we pick Anthony Richardson to go with a guy who's as mobile as Jalen Hurts. So it's or just kind of that transition. Or I'm okay with it. I don't think that trade's going to happen. Yeah, I don't think that either. I think – I mean, I feel like if the Bears were that stupid. I think I think this is – the draft – when it comes to the draft, it's all conspiracy at that point, right? So Chicago is literally doing this thing where mm-hmm. they say, hey, we're going to yeah. look at all these quarterbacks and just to look at them, right? They're, gonna force a team. they're making people panic. And yep. to shake up – exactly, to shake up a top they're team. Gonna yeah. for, they're going to force a team to give up two, three first-round picks for a guy that they were never going to take anyway. And who's gonna be the guy to be dumb to sit there and do I mean, it? And that's I mean, San Fran, San Fran did it. San Fran did it to Chicago. <laughs> exactly, and Chicago wasn't even taking the guy. No, San Fran wasn't. San Fran no. wasn't taking the guy. San Fran wanted Solomon Thomas, and they they shook up. Oh, they oh, took it oh, up oh. by just just making one little comment about looking at quarterbacks. Chicago, no, I thought I thought you were talking up. about the um year with Trey Lance. That's what. I no, no, no. The 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 spot where. Chicago traded up one pick. They traded up one spot to get uh, Mitchell Trubisky. When 49ers were clearly getting Solomon Thomas in that spot. Chicago got hustled, so now they're trying to hustle back. Yeah. Yeah. Um, here's kind of a, a question I brought up to to Marco as well. If we go to Miko Ryans, who are we pulling for OC? Because DeMarco said that like his dream scenario would be the enemy moving laterally because he'd get uh, much more options and, and, and get to call his own plays in our offense. I don't know how realistic it is for us to pull somebody laterally, but what are your thoughts here? Do we go college route, assistance route? My thing is, is if, I, if I'm Eric Bieniemy, I'm not switching teams. Right, no matter what. I've been he's been in the NFL for I don't know what, twenty years plus. Yeah. The guy doesn't need to switch from the Chiefs OC to be the Colts OC with a rookie quarterback. You know, I mean if he did, that'd be awesome, but I don't think that's something I would do if I was him. If I was him, I'm staying with Patrick Mahomes if I'm if I'm doing a lateral move, if I'm talking OC. If I'm talking head coach, yeah, I'm taking the job. I'll take the job with a rookie quarterback. Yeah. But if I'm doing a lateral move, no, I'm not doing that. You know, that's like um, another situation right now where Tennessee is talking to Chris Harris, trying to bring Chris Harris over as a defensive assistant, uh, DB coach, right? But he's actually interviewed with five or six different teams for defensive coordinator. So if I'm Chris Harris, why would I even – humor Tennessee at that point. You know what I mean? Instead of taking if someone offers me the defensive coordinator job, I'm taking it over taking a lower end job when I've interviewed for the C job six times. I know my value. And that's what Eric Bianami's gotta understand. He's gotta if he's he's not gonna do a lateral move as an OC to a rookie quarterback. Yeah. And and I mean another thing about Eric is 
that guy's a running. He's a running backs guy. You know what I mean? He's 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 a running backs coach, um, who who runs a air raid offense right now with Kansas City. Uh, I mean, dating back, he was you know AP's running backs coach with he all. Could have a possibly have a whole different system. I don't even think I don't. I wouldn't even consider Casey's offense air raid. Oh, I don't know what you'd call it. I don't know what you call it because that's so many. That's 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 more West Coast than I would ever say a team has ran West Coast in the last fifteen years. Yeah, but you see, but 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 in in the route tree, in the route tree, I can yeah. understand. There's there's parts of a West Coast offense missing in Kansas City, but when you look at their route tree, it's definitely a West Coast route tree. And like what I'm saying, if if we're looking from top to bottom, how our roster is built right now, specifically on the offensive side of the ball, historically, what Eric comes from, this is a great fit. Yeah. It is. You know what I mean? So yeah, we need to go more West Coast with uh, with D shops. And that's what a lot of people don't understand. I mean, we talk about it all the time. West Coast is what this offense has been built to do for the last five years, and Chris Ballard has built it perfectly. And that's why we were so mm. terrible this year. Mm. You need more speed. You need more speed at receiver, though, if that's the case. I mean, honestly, I don't know if we need more speed. You don't. <laughs> you got, you got Paris really. Campbell. You got Paris Campbell. I'm not banking on a, him. You got Paris Campbell who runs a four three. But here's the thing: uh, got, Michael Pittman got, has shown that he is stellar in the West Coast route tree. Yes, exactly. He came from he came from a West Coast college. I get it, and and ran a West Coast offense there. But I don't want to. I'm just saying, like, see, this is the no, thing no, no. Start, I understand. So, so, I so this is the speed. thing where we. This is where I go with you and Zach on that is because Parrish Campbell has speed, and then we go with Alec Pierce, and Alec Pierce has speed too. So it's like you got to use those guys specifically to fit them. And this is why I say we need the right coach because the problem is, is for a long time we haven't been getting out of our receivers the best out of them, and that's what your coach is supposed to do, especially when your head coach is a play caller. I mean, you look at the year that we had with uh, Michael Pittman having a thousand yards. Who was our next closest receiver? Our next closest receiver had 330 yards. This year, we had 900, 600, 500 out of guys. I'm going to, I want to, we don't give them. I want to touch base on this because I think a lot of fans misinterpret how coaching staff works. Just because Andy Reid. Is, is an offensive-minded head coach doesn't mean that that offensive playbook is his offensive playbook. Mm-hmm. Right? That is Eric B. Enemy's playbook. Yeah. That is yeah. his game plan. The OC's job specifically is to build the game plan and draw plays. That's his job. That's yeah, not Andy Reid's job. That, uh, that Andy Reid might call the plays call on Sunday. Sure, mm-hmm. he might call the plays, but he's calling the plays that Eric B. Enemy drew up. He's calling the plays according to the game plan that Eric Bieniemy drew up. That was the same thing with Frank Reich and Marcus Brady. That's why Marcus Brady got fired first because Frank Reich was calling plays off of a sheet that Marcus Brady created. That that's how that works. Just just in case there's confusion on because a lot of people are like, "Oh, well, does Andy Reid make does Eric Bieniemy make Andy Reid look better?" And that's why uh, that's why Frank Wright got so much backlash for firing uh, Marcus. Right. Exactly. It's 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 easy to confuse, right? Like, if you have an offensive-minded head coach and you have a defensive coordinator, that defensive coordinator runs that whole defense. He calls the plays. He does the game plans. He draw he draws everything. Right. And then people get confused, thinking that because the head coach isn't is offensive-minded, 
that his hand is so deep into that offense that he controls the whole thing, and he doesn't because he still has to control 53-man roster. Right? It's not his job to make the game plan. It's not his job to draw the plays anymore. You're done with that. You're the head coach now. You're time management. Yep. Delegate. <laughs> you got to delegate. Yes. And that, that is what I think was one of our issues here in Indy was Frank yeah. had an issue with delegating. And the reason he had an issue with delegating is because Doug Peterson had an issue with delegating. Frank Reich said it. Doug Peterson called all the plays in Philly, and that's why Frank Reich wanted to come here and call all the plays because Frank Reich didn't have that chance in Philly. Everybody's like, oh, Frank Wright was the one who took Nick Foles. No, 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 no. <laughs> yeah, he drew the plays and all that, but Doug Peterson was the one that called the plays in that certain situation. And that's exactly why I think we'll be okay if we were to take a defensive coordinator. That's why I don't have the agree. problem with it because of the fact that a defensive coordinator instantly has to go to delegating. It's not but like the most important thing in the world for him to call defensive plays so he can instantly – Delegate his offense, his defense to his coaching staff to be. But then, but then here's my question: Is who's our OC going to be? Damon yeah. asked the right. Yeah, Damon asked so, me the question when you walked away. He yeah, asked me, Damon had asked me that as well. Do I don't you know go if college or Eric Bieniemy, and I don't think Eric Bieniemy is going to do a lateral OC to OC. See, so people keep saying that, but the thing is, is like he hasn't got a job in what? It's been three years, right? I want to say might have been might be four. We'll say three to four years, he hasn't gotten a job. So the prior relationship that he has to Chris Ballard, now this is just me, my thinking. If I'm Chris Ballard and I'm sitting in that office and I'm sitting with Eric Bieniemy, I'm like, hey, look, we we have a favorite candidate here right now. And our favorite candidate is Eric Bieniemy, or uh, I mean, uh, D'Amico Ryans. So we're going to take D'Amico Ryans. And you, on the other hand, you want to get a coaching job. But, but, Ballard, but Ballard doesn't hire OCs and DCs. That's on the head coach. No, I understand that. But I'm saying, I mean, of course, you got to get D'Amico Ryans on board. So, <laughs> yeah. of course, if D'Amico Ryans is on board, was saying. So if, I'm, if I'm Chris Ballard, I'm not talking to anyone about taking well, an OC or DC job also, until D'Amico Ryans is on board. You also got to think D'Amico Ryans is a former player, and Eric Bieniemy was a running backs coach. It's like, so I like the way – your plan worked. I'm just saying, if it worked out that way, you got to convince D'Amico Ryan, whoever the head coach is, to go with this idea from the jump. So, fans, everybody, you know, let's. I just, make I just think, I think that's, I think that's like wishful thinking. Yeah, no, no, I said that's, it's a pipe dream. I already said it was a pipe that's dream. Like, it's, your your it's, shoulder came out your fucking socket it, trying to reach yeah, for that. Right yeah, there. yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm for sure was. That's, I'm, that's I'm being that's being four that's being four eleven trying to reach the top shelf. You know. Yeah, yep, exactly what it is. You better get your step stool. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> so yeah, so that was my idea. And it's like I know it was a pipe dream or whatever, but I'm saying if you could have convinced Eric Bienemy to coach with D'Amico Ryans, you got a quarterback and hopefully I would say another reach, CJ Stroud. We get that lined up and at least have that for be able to have that for two years. Boom. Everybody gets what they want. You get your quarterback developed right. You get a great leader. Eric Bienemy gets his job in two years, a year or two years, and boom. And I think that's a system that could really work. And then again, as long as you don't lose your leader in D'Amico Ryans, he should be able to find another offensive coordinator to work the system that he sees fit to work. And you can only hope that we're seeing things in the eyes of Jim Irsay here. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. You know, I mean, I guess that's who's making the decision. 
Yeah, I guess that brings that brings us to the other conversation is so out of the the five that we break down and end up being the top candidates, do we see Jim Ursay stepping in and saying that Saturday is still going to be a top candidate? He will. He, he, he will. will. He will. He will. He will. And there's no way around it. No matter what we want, there's no way because that ex- he has he gets he gets the excuse. Look what I walked into. He gets to say he, that. Do, he does get that excuse. But to me, that's a valid excuse. I can't remember the tweet that I saw, but there was a tweet the other day that kind of like yep made me think maybe he is maybe he could be a top five candidate because oh. the what. No, no, you had you were bringing up a different tweet. I was about to say, so I saw a tweet that said, "When when Jeff Saturday took the interim head coaching job, this is this these were his words. I'm coming in here to base my job off of wins and losses. I will come in here and coach this team to the best of my ability. And if we lose out and, and and I suck at it, I will say, hey, I'm no good. I will go about my way. And if I am." And I will be here to try and get this job or another job that may be available. And I feel like if that's what if he's going off his word to keep his word to say that, hey, I based this job off of winning losses, you went one and seven. That's true. And, that's a good point. And, and good my point. in my opinion, if we base it off of what he did to lead this team, if he was supposed to come in and be better, because I believe with Frank Wright, we still would have probably won like three games. I mean, I'm sorry. As much as as much as we want to say it, I think Frank Wright would at least one of three of those games. So, I just feel like after this breakdown and we get to five, I honestly don't feel that Jeff Saturday should be a part of that five. And and here's the thing: I see I see them talking about it right now in the comments where Chad and and Zach are talking, and Chad says Saturday will make top three. Zach says I hope not, and then Chad says they're going to try to make it look like it was actually a tough decision to lure teams to interview Saturday. No one has even requested or sniffed the idea of interviewing <laughs> Jeff Saturday. Nobody, not anybody, for not, very like, obvious listen, reasons. Listen, not any, listen, not we any of the five teams that are available. No, we we waited so long to interview Jeff. Sat- we interviewed our special teams coordinator before we interviewed. Jeff Saturday. And Jeff Saturday was supposed to be our last interview. Oh, wow, that's so cool, son. Yeah, I I don't even think Jim Ursay is going to even – I don't know, man. I mean, maybe because he's his buddy, he'll be top five, but – Well, let's be real here. Jeff probably gave a hell of an interview. Hey, hey honestly, I, I'll agree with Chad for the fact that they will make it look if that's yeah. what we do. Make it look. I mean, honestly, just to be clear, you got to make sure that Rooney rule is clear. So I, I guess that's a point to agree with there. But and at the beginning of the day, I don't think he should be in consideration for a legit top five. And if it comes out that when we read those five and he's not there, I will not be surprised. That's, that's, just all, that's what I was going to say. Just to be clear, y'all, none of us want him in the mix. <laughs> yeah. Just no. to be clear. Uh, there's also two other names I don't want in the mix. And I'm going to say it like this. Recycled head coaches. Three words. Recycled head coaches should never be recycled. Raheem Morris Mm-mm. and Dan Quinn. Raheem Morris, I don't know if a lot of people know, but he was actually the head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers for about, I think, three years where he was fired. And he had never had a winning season. Were those the Josh Freeman years? I actually, Yeah, I think that was. His quarterback. So. But my thing is, is 
I understand that people can change in about a decade, but you're not going to change that much in a decade. I mean, Josh McDaniels, it's been over a decade since he was a head coach, and he looks just as bad as he did in Denver. So I actually uh, I actually have a ranking for you guys. If you guys wanted to hear the way I had the 12 ranked out and see what you guys thought about that. But real quick, real quick. Dude, Dan Quinn's staff in Atlanta was sick. Oh, yeah. yeah. He, he had, had Kyle Shanahan, and that dude could make any dude, quarterback look Let's good. just think about that for a second. So the, the chances of him bringing oh. a staff that loaded in are very low. <laughs> yeah, I, that's because I, they're I all head coaches it. now. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, but that means he still knows some people, though. I wouldn't but, know. But, but, but here's, my, th- here's my thing, though. If Dan Quinn comes here, I said this earlier in the group chat, if Dan Quinn comes here, there's a possibility that Matt Ryan stays. If Dan Quinn comes here, Al Harris will be our head, will be our defensive coordinator or assistant HC or excuse, and our OC is going to be someone super random. <laughs> like, yeah. uh, I don't even want to guess, but Al Harris, Al Harris will be our DC. Chris Ballard coached hey, him in college. As long as he, as long as he, as long as he's a hell of a leader. I mean, I mean, I, look, I, how, look how those Dallas corners look. So, so I, I, I Zach, I believe Dan Quinn did have McVay. When McVay left, I think that was when Kyle Shanahan stepped up. This game and is then, so uneven. And then Kyle Shanahan went to San Fran after they went to the Super Bowl. I think that's how that went down. I think you're right. Uh, yeah, this game is so lopsided, it's it's not even funny. So, yeah, if you guys don't mind, I'll read off my, 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 my 12 ranked here from 1 no to 12. I'm just um, kidding. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> Just, just see where you guys' thoughts are on how I had this ranked. So I had Eric B. Enemy, or, or I mean, D'Amico Ryan's at number one. Number two was Mike Kafka for me, and it's a mix between the three. So I got three there, kind of tied for second. So Mike Kafka, Eric B. Enemy, Shane Steichen are going to be my one through four. Then at number five, I had Ijero Ivero, Broncos defensive coordinator, Bubba Ventrone at number six. Dan Quinn at number seven. Number eight was Brian Callahan. Uh, Callahan. Uh, I also had Rich Passaccia mix in there. Um, number nine was uh, Aaron Glenn. Number 10, Wink Martindale. Number 11, Raheem Mostert. Or Raheem Morse. Uh, and then number 12, Jeff Saturday. I wouldn't even put Jeff last. <laughs> that's, that's as much as, as much as I don't want Jeff here, Jeff is not my last candidate. Yeah, I I just put him on there because he was on the list, and so I I just had to make sure I put every candidate on the list above him. But I I think it's a good order. I think it's a good order. I think the last three can be mixed around. Either way, they're still the last three. Um, yeah. But yeah, the the top is all that matters to me, and I agree one hundred percent. I think. I think all those tops are definitely solid. Um, right on, right on. I hope the I Colts see it that way. Yeah, me too. Hey, not gonna lie though, man. Will Levis, hey, that man's about to be our quarterback next year. I'm scared for that, bro. 
Oh, actually, uh, I actually wanted that, to make a comment that. about Will Levis. I seen, yeah, I was about to say, I've seen that comment in here from Dan Knight. And I just wanted to make it known to all Colts fans because I've, I've really sounded like a real Will Levis hater. And I feel kind of bad because he's like a 23-year-old kid or something like that. And, like, I don't actually hate the kid. The problem is, is, like, what Matt said when we had a previous conversation. I hate when somebody's being overrated to a point yes. where they get put somewhere where they're not supposed to be. Yes. And this is exactly what happened with Zach Wilson, where he rose up in the drafts and people Zach made up stuff. Zach, Wilson. Uh, yeah, yeah, Zach yeah. Wilson, and they made up stuff about um, Justin Fields, and Justin Fields dropped from was supposedly the number two to number eleven. Um, and that's what's going to happen with Will Levis. And this all happened with one throw with Zach Wilson. And everybody, when people sit here and tell me, and they explain to me why Will Levis is good, they never give me any situation. Anything that shows great quarterback intangibles outside of he has the prototypical style, um, he's played in the pro system, and big arm. That's it. It's not accuracy. It's not the it factor. It's not, it, it, it's not he's a gamer. It's not any of that. Um, go ahead, Matt. I agree. I hate discussing quarterback prospects with fans fans think that all that matters is how far somebody throws how they move will levis dips his shoulders i don't know if anybody ever sees it when he throws that ball his shoulders are going down when his shoulders are going down that means that man's foot is not planning properly that is why his deep accuracy is off i don't care how strong your arm is if you can't hit that throw downfield I'm not a fan of you. And this is a reason I'm not the biggest Michael Vick fan. Everybody loves Michael Vick because he's he was he's the best mobile quarterback of all time. And he I agree. Launch, I love him. He, he, he can launch, launch 90 yards. 90 yards, but he's not hitting nothing he wants to hit at all. That's why he and needed Deshaun Jackson to run a 4-1. I also, I also don't like uh, Levis's velocity. A lot of people put it in their pros. When I watch it, it's in my cons. Why? Because his velocity is exactly – Exactly like Jacoby Brissett, he has no control of the velocity. Touch. There's no touch. If None. that was a, if, if strictly size and physical attributes were were a, a thing for the Correct. Colts, Jacob Eason would be our quarterback right now, y'all. Right. Exactly. Because that's I'm what just... every. That's the exact same size, exact same throwing motion, exact everything. And he, if you could say Jack, Jacob Eason had a better uh, college career, <laughs> he had a I'm much just... better college career than Will Levis. I'm just saying, if you if you want. If you want somebody who throws like Will Levis, we might as well bring Jacoby Brissett back on a cheap deal and just draft a top wide receiver or a top defensive end or a top cornerback at the fourth pick. That's all he reminded me of when I watched him play. I went and I watched the film. I watched people scouting. And as I'm listening to their scouting reports, as I'm watching the scouting reports, I'm watching the videos of his bad throws, his good throws, all this stuff. I'm not impressed, man. Uh, I'm not impressed. His velocity is terrible. His decision-making is terrible. His placement is terrible. The dude throws behind receivers. Uh, when there's a throw that goes downfield deep, if there's a if there's a safety over the top and a corner underneath, he's thrown an interception every single time. He can't, yep. throw, a, he can't throw a post route for the life of him. He can't throw a corner route for the life of him. He doesn't know how to put the ball in the place for the receiver to get it. He's going to put it to where it's just a toss-up. Where it's just for everybody. Yeah, if he doesn't have a guy like Megatron, he's not going to be successful in the NFL. 
and Megatron is retired, has been retired, and no one has been like him since. That staff is insane. I'm just saying, like, that dude, Will Levis is not good. And, Zach, I disagree. I actually saw plenty of mock drafts that have us taking Bryce Young or C.J. Stroud. I've only seen one. I've only seen one. I've only seen one that has us taking Will Levis, and I've I, seen, that was months ago. I've seen a lot that have us taking Will Levis, and that's another thing that I have a problem with. All these mock drafts, they also had us taking um, Carson Strong out of Nevada last year. Guy ended up going undrafted. So, I mean, I wouldn't pay look too much into the mock drafts. I just want to let everybody know out there that I'm really not a Will Levis hater. If we were late first round, late second round, and we took him, that's a little bit different. My problem is, is when you put these expectations on a top 10 quarterback, everybody expects him to be the fa- the savior of a franchise. And when they're not that guy, they're just they're com- labeled a bust and their career is over in a couple years. And then, boom, they get shipped off somewhere else to a different team. Or maybe they can make it if they find a good offensive coordinator and head coach or something. Or they just dip off out of out of the the the, the sights of everybody, and so that's the thing is is if a guy doesn't give you things to really go off of and to look at, even when you looked at a Max Duggan against that Georgia team, he had some wild throws that were that just they 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 debatable didn't or whatever debatable. And but he showed you that every single play, every down he comes in, he's coming in to battle. He's going to war for his guys, but, and that's something that you don't see from Will Levis. You don't even see the gamer ability this is just it's just it's just things that i don't see where people are like let's bring him up from a back 32 player all the way into the top 10 for absolutely no reason i have seen i'm I'm gonna say this and a lot of fans don't know this about me but i am the biggest college prospect uh critic you'll ever meet i'm not the guy that's gonna be like hey he's number one i won't say that ever i won't uh, when Trevor Lawrence came out, I said he was going to be the biggest bust of that year. And maybe yeah. I was wrong. That's fine. But he's not what they said he was. So in my opinion, I was on the right side of the spectrum because everyone said he was going to come in the NFL. He was going to be like Peyton Manning or he was going to be like Andrew Luck. He was instantly supposed to take Jacksonville Jaguars to the playoffs. And he didn't. He didn't. He didn't look good. And I don't care what you can say about who the head coach was. Right. Because here's my thing. Andrew Luck went 11 and 5, 11 and 5, 11 and 5, demolished the division with Chuck Pagano as head coach. And that man knew nothing about offense except for throwing the fucking football. Our OC was Pep Hamilton then, right? Uh, not at first. It was uh, Bruce Arians. And then Bruce, Bruce, Arians. Arians, Bruce Arians left. And then <sighs> Pep Hamilton came in, which Pep Hamilton, we all expected to do well because he was Andrew Luck's. Offensive or uh, head coach in, in Stanford. So, yeah. And I, I'm going to go back and touch base on what you said. Uh, th- we have a private chat in here, too, and, and, and Damon sent this in here. So all the people who are like, hey, Dan Quinn is or, uh, you're, you know, your top candidate. This is why Dan Quinn looked good, right? The year the Atlanta Falcons went to the Super Bowl, head coach, Dan Quinn, assistant head coach, wide receivers coach. Raheem Morris, assistant to the head coach, Steve Scarnecchia. I don't have to say that name. Offensive coach, offensive coordinator, Kyle Shanahan. Quarterbacks, Matt LaFleur. Running backs, Bobby <laughs> Turner. Tight ends, Wade Harmon. Offensive line, Chris Morgan. Assistant's offensive line, Keith Carter. Offensive assistant, Michael Floor. Offensive assistant, Mike McDaniel. All those guys 
Four out of them are head coaches. Yeah, four of them are head coaches. The rest of them are coordinators. Loaded up more than a drug addict. Boy, I tell you. That's what what I'm saying. That's (laughs) what I'm saying. Dan Quinn did absolutely nothing. To win, to go to that Super Bowl and lose it. He literally. Well, had... well see, well, see, see. I don't want to say nothing. That's still great delegation. Oh yeah, that's great delegation. That's that's that's, that's what you want to. That's what you want to have in your head coach that doesn't necessarily call plays and whatnot. You want to have a great delegator to be able to spread that out and put together a staff. A lot of times, when you're not a coach that's calling plays, that's your job is to put that staff together, and then eventually. Like, you got to see if they can continue to be that guy. And that's what Dan Quinn fell off of, what got him fired. It's when it got to the later years, he couldn't keep putting staffs together to build Matt Ryan. And that's where he kind of fell off there. Facts. 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 I got into a little debate with somebody earlier that said, um, Matt Ryan, that everything wasn't his fault. Whew. I was, I was one. Everything wasn't his fault. Well, I meant like everything he, wasn't his fault. He he was basically putting all the blame on everybody else except for Matt Ryan. Oh no 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 no! no, no. Matt Ryan takes part of the blame, and the first part of the blame is yeah. the fact that him coming here made us change schemes. That's where the first. That's where the issues began. You 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 expect a couple things when you when you draft or sign a veteran. Um, Decision making, protecting the football. Matt Ryan failed in every aspect that a veteran is supposed to bring to your team. Every single one. He sucked. I blame Matt Ryan a crap ton. I need a hammer and a nail for what Damon just said right there. I mean, I and I hate to go back to this. And the guys, we don't want this guy to be our quarterback either. But look how much better the offense looked in that Washington game, man. We're just sitting here like, oh, my goodness. Quarterback's getting out of the pocket. Now imagine what a guy like. CJ Stroud, Bryce Young would look like in that. Some food Bro, there, was a, there was a specific play that I th- I'm pretty sure it was an incomplete pass, but um, Sam rolled out and he like made three three different defenders miss the sack and then threw the ball to Alec Pierce. Pretty sure it was incomplete, but that play was I was like, man, just just to have a quarterback who could have made that throw. Exactly. <laughs> and we're looking at a backup level, practice squad level quarterback in Sam. Not, yeah. not to discredit him, y'all, because. Uh, uh, he he played pretty average for did us, below guys, average. Did you but... guys already get to that question from Dan up there? Which one? It says, uh, yep, so why take someone who doesn't play for his team? Is that in regards to Will he's Levis? He's talking about, yeah, Levis sitting out of the bowl games, what he's talking about. No, I, I don't think that shit really matters. I mean, honestly. No. Nothing. I feel like that's totally up to the player if they want to play or if they don't want to play. I think, I think it's courageous if a player will still play, but if somebody doesn't want to play, I don't knock them for it. It's a lot different if you're playing in the uh, new era pinstripe bowl in the national championship. So yeah, I think that's two different things. Um, so yeah, what it was is uh, he he took two specific games. I can't remember the second game, but he took the Jaguars game, the game that we won, and tried to basically say that was for all the reasons of why Matt Ryan was good and whatnot. And then somebody else showed a stat from the other Jags game that he completely ignored that Matt Ryan threw three interceptions in. And a lot of those were his fault and stuff like that. And just like Damon said, I mean, ultimately, when you're bringing in a veteran, you expect a veteran to not turn over the ball, to take care of the ball, not to fumble uh, 13 times, and not to have the most turnovers in the NFL. So, Bro, I want Jalen Hurts. Fuck it. Send the four to Philly. Jesus. <laughs> 
it's that's that's the other reason why I keep telling people like if you don't get CJ Souter Bryce, you trade back and you take Anthony Richardson and you just go be exciting. Guys, I'm telling you, Justin Fields, Justin Fields can be developed. Bro, so, so here's the thing. I, I wanted either Justin Fields or Jalen Hurts when they were in that draft. So what was that rumor? Because I was told, and I think we talked about it, Chris Ballard was 100% locked on taking Justin Fields. It wasn't that, a rumor. That, that, no, that wasn't a rumor. The problem that wasn't was, a rumor. That was Frank, Frank didn't want a rookie quarterback. He wanted to go with a veteran. But I knew yeah. that was the truth, right? That Chris oh, was yeah. going to go, Justin. Fields. Yes. Oh yeah, he was. He was high. Could you imagine? Could you imagine? We wouldn't be where we are right now. Oh God, we'd be having a different conversation. How do we fix the defense? <laughs> right? It'd be something like that. How do we no, fix it? Wouldn't even, line? It wouldn't even right? be like that. I mean, no, it wouldn't I mean, be like that. It'd be like, God damn it, we were this close to the Super Bowl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, no, nah, that yeah. was a that was a tough one because that's that's why I keep saying Chris Ballard's fault in my eyes is two things it's being cheap or no i'll say three 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 he doesn't respect the the three the the premier positions paying those um was it uh uh being cheap and then listening to his head coach way too much those were my three faults on on chris ballard and if he wouldn't have kept trying to stick to exactly what frank wanted we wouldn't have had this huge problem. And that's the thing that's, that's, that's kind of like weird about it is that Ursay, if you got the money, spend it kind of guy. Well, Ursay's not a friend. That's what Ursay did this year. It, yeah. yeah. And truth bet. be told, I'm, I'm, I mean, I'm grateful that we're in this position now. I am. Which, which position with the fourth overall pick or needing a new head coach? Like we're, we're getting the rebuild that we've wanted okay. this year. We got a little bit of money in the bank. Yeah. We got some, some penny pinch that we may have to do next year or it will hit up, hit us this year going into next year. Uh, kind of depending on the Matt Ryan thing. But I, I mean, I think situational wise, um, did I like Ursay stepping in? None of us did, but I mean, this puts us in the spot that we get our coach and we get our quarterback. So no excuses from this point on out. Yeah, yeah, no, no, I don't, I don't disagree too much there. Um, I think that honestly, if we would have made better decisions, we'd still be f- saving Frank to keep his job. Um, the tough part is, is uh, it, it took a lot for Jim to step in and say, "Hey, these are changes that I want to make or whatever." I'm gonna step in, make Chris Ballard go get some free agencies, uh, some free agents, um, and then having the Matt Ryan deal, of course. Um, so I think we could have. There was a couple things that we could have fixed in there, but ultimately I think it's a, the first start that we needed, and hopefully there's not too much turnover because I still think we can make some cap space outs by cutting a few guys, and then boom, we can be right back to having some top-tier cap space and then you know being competitive. I, I, I really think this could be an easy turnaround for us. I want to answer this question real quick. Chad asked, do you think head coach interviews were asked who they take at number four and why? Does that answer have weight and who gets the job? I actually think it's part of it. I do. It's got to be part of it. Why? Because it's it's not who you take at number four. I think it's more of uh, what do your QB ranks look like? Because QB is clearly the biggest issue that we have. And when you're in one of those interviews, they want to see if they if you guys are on the same page. If you're able you to hit the nail on the head. If I can you're tell a- you why. If your if your ability to see Correct. to scout is there at the same time, not just the head coach, 
you hit the nail on the head there. So I got a buddy who interviewed who uh, interviewed for a a, uh, a front office position for for a professional sports team. And when you interview for any front office job, you have to give a presentation, and your presentation is going to have why y'all suck, right? What we're good at, and how we're going to improve. And in that, draft picks, free agency, cap, all of that involved. So front office job or head coach? One of them was a head coach, but it it's it doesn't necessarily matter because. What, what, what Matt's talking about here is you can't have someone that's ideology, outlook, and plans for the team is completely different than the 60 other people working in your front office. You cannot have that. And that is, nope. and you are absolutely right, Matt. Um, is We've it everything? The- is everything? No, but you have to come in in your interview. Hey, look, we pick number four. This is a huge opportunity for the Colts. We haven't had an opportunity to pick a skilled player for since 2010, 2011, right? So there's a lot weighing on a new coach here. So absolutely, they're 100% yeah, think, answering who they're taking and what their plans are. What's the opportunity here? Because that has to match Ursay's outlook. That has to match Chris Ballard's outlook. has to match the scouts, everybody. Because to this point, they're still scouting people. <laughs> what are we looking at here? So, Yeah, I mean, that, that's, what, that's what I'm trying to say, man. I think, I think the thing is, is like we've seen the disconnect between Chuck Pagano and Ryan Grigson for all those years. And then we did see... As much as Chris Ballard's not going to admit it, there was a clear disconnect between Chris Ballard and Frank Reich. Now that Chris Ballard is back into that hiring mode of who he's going to work side to side with, he's going to want to make sure that he has somebody that's on the same page. So I I disagree for the, for the point that like if like imagine like a lot of the coordinators and people that we're uh, interviewing. These guys might not even be paying attention to Licka, who's even in the top ten as far as coaching wise, because of the fact of where they are. Oh no, that's bullshit. You know, nope. you they know, definitely like, do. I'm not. I, I'm. I'm like they're focused on like they even been talking about it all week in the media. Like, hey, I'm getting ready to play this game on Saturday. I don't know if I'm ready for this necessary interview. But- now, what you, now, my thing was, is, but is I understand that. But but here's the thing. Here's the thing. These coaches. They have a life outside of coaching. To to think that they don't see what's it's a going promotion. on. It's a promotion. Yeah, for it's a, if they're all looking for a promotion, they're all looking at quarterbacks. They're all looking at top tier. They're looking at where these teams are. The five teams that need head coaches. These coordinators that have games coming up or don't know more. They know where these teams are at in the draft, and they know their most pressing need, and they're looking. They're seeing. And to think that these guys are not watching college football on Saturday is crazy. They definitely I'm not do. Saying, no, I'm not, saying they're not, I'm not saying, I'm not saying they're not watching. I agree with Marco on one thing. On, to Marco, I'm going to agree with you on one thing. I don't think maybe in the first interview they're going to come in with like, Dude, who are you taking up for? Yeah, 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 maybe not the second first one, interview? but in the second exactly. one, yeah, yeah, for sure. Yes, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Sure. That's what okay. I'm saying. That's what I just, I'm, saying. I, I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. That's what you're I'm right. saying because it's I like agree. when they come in there, it's like you're thinking like, okay, you guys were, you guys are a top five pick. Like, I want to know why. You know, what was you guys' issue that you had? And I'm, I'm thinking that. I mean, they're not going to tell that to the team, but they're thinking that in their head and just thinking, why can I come prove that I'm going to fix that without yeah. a quarterback? Because it's like if I'm coming in and I'm the head coach, this GM that I'm about to start working with, he for some reason may not even be thinking quarterback. So my first interview for a coaching position at a high school, I don't know if this is going to be equal to what uh, the pro level is, right? One of the first questions was, 
because they knew what I was applying for. I was applying for a defensive coordinator. The first thing that they asked me was, um, what are the issues you see on my defense? It's not me looking at them like, hey, this is what I see wrong. They said, have you watched any tape on us? What is wrong with our defense? And I didn't even tell I, the, the first thing I the first thing I said was you're in the wrong scheme for the league that you're in. Like I, I I'm very you, you know me I'm very intricate. I'm going to look at every aspect. So I, I I looked up the whole league. I looked at every game film of every team. I watched the teams. I watched that team that I was applying for, and I was like, you're in the wrong scheme. So to me that I think it's similar in the NFL. If if you're a, if you're a, interviewing somebody for your head coach position, you're going to ask yeah. them. No, I think what that, have you I seen that, of us? I think that relates completely. And that's why exactly what I say to you guys, like, I don't really think they think about draft position until a later point, because it's like, if you were say, if you guys were either going to interview for a coach, uh, a Colts coaching job, the head coaching job and the GM, and I, I'm the GM say, I come to you guys and I say, Hey, if you look back, like say you took, look, looked at the film and you looked at this team for 17 weeks and they tell me, what do you see as the problem on this team? And, I, and I'll tell you if I'll tell you, like, let's say you just interviewed me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. My first thing is I'm going to say is quarterback. It would be quarterback in your opinion. Yes, it would be quarterback okay. in my opinion. It, it, because like you said, these guys are, are coaching, they're working they're you know, whatever right throughout the season. So they don't clearly see everything. They, they don't have that enough time to look at everything about the Colts. So the first thing you're going to see is quarterback and that's what they're going to say and that just goes to the draft pick okay yeah yeah i mean that, they might that not sense. that makes sense if you if you would evaluate and see it that way i would just say that for me if i'm looking at it i would say competitive toughness yeah but we've yeah, watched I, every I, single game so that's a yeah bit. yeah no coming no from, i know we're, we're saying we, we've maybe we've maybe a bit more than what a coach would have the time right to maybe maybe at. a guy like maybe a guy that's coming from like denver you know, or, or, or Detroit that we interviewed, maybe those guys who have, are not coaching right now that have had time to go ahead and look back at everything. But like you said, a lot of these guys, you know, they don't have the time. So they probably looked at little pieces here and there. Uh, they watched a little bit of film in their time where like maybe they're eating a fucking sandwich during lunch or something. You know what I'm saying? Kind of like we do. And that's and, specifically why I would say like, just like when we first interviewed um, after Chuck Pagano, and and a lot uh, a lot of the word was that we didn't want to pick a guy based on who was choosing the job based off quarterback. And so it's like if you're choosing this job just on quarterback, we don't want you. We we want you to be able to build and lead this team according to who's here and who's in the building, um, regardless. And I think that's going to be very important outside. Did you see that. that flag? I did not Giants. see that flag. It might have been a couple plays ago for you, but he just got a. A flag. One of the linebackers for the Giants got a flag for hitting Ooh, good tackle. a receiver from Philly with his shoulder. Completely hit it. His shoulder hit the helmet, and it was just a terrible fucking – that's a terrible flag in my opinion. So I think uh, – so, I mean, honestly, in our situation, I feel like I, I feel like we, we both made good points there, but I feel like you guys' point is going to be really key. Um, to a guy that's walking into the building because I feel like a GM might even ask the question and say, what do you guys feel we need to fix outside of quarterback? Because that's obviously going to be a big thing there. I think somebody would need to figure out what's going to be next after that situation because there's two obviously 
obvious things that we need in our situation, which is head coach and quarterback. Right. Yeah, I, I, I agree. There's, there's a lot of points to be made there, and there's another touchdown by the Eagles. It's 28-0. to zero. Yeah, I knew this thing was going to be – I didn't think it was going to be – it is ugly, but, man. No to, no to Martindale. I tried wow. to tell y'all, man. I mean, you can't you, – like, when you try and blitz all day and, and run those exotic schemes sometimes, sometimes you just need to match up and play zone when you got a running quarterback like that. Especially when you're running back by com- by committee like Philly is. Nightmare in the making. I still think Philly got bailed out by a terrible fucking penalty, but that's all right. On that one play. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't see that. Why are they going for two? I'm not there yet. I didn't even get to the touchdown yet. See, this is why we need a mobile quarterback. I mean, at, just, least guy, at least a guy who can move. Yeah, that dude just kind of like just ran straight into the end zone. You remember a couple years ago, Damon, uh, when we used to say, hey, let's make Nick Sirianni our head coach? Remember those days? Look at him now. <laughs> you remember that? I remember. I remember you, 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 well, you, you know, we used, to, uh, we used to debate between Nick Sirianni or Matt Eberflus. We were in a good position either way. I, you remember? Uh, well, I was just about to say, um, last year, the reason I really started to like Shane Steichen is because last year, Nick Sirianni was calling plays. This year, Shane Steichen is calling plays, and I think he's a better play caller than Sirianni. He probably is, but... I'm just tired of this Philadelphia stuff. I feel like the Colts and Philadelphia have been intertwined for the last 10 and 11 years. I agree. I agree. Oh, oh my goodness. We swapped free agents out. We swapped draft picks out, coaching, assistance. Dude. I'm willing to bet there's over 40 people that we have shared between players, staff, and coaches with the Eagles since 2010. We should have let them keep Matt Pryor. <laughs> and Carson Wentz. No, nah, we should have kept, nah, kept Carson, bro. Uh, Car- still... Carson's going to be a practice squad quarterback now, man. Nah, yeah, but I feel like he wouldn't be an impressed quarterback with us this year. I feel like it he wouldn't have been, been even better. I we think we would have played it. Talking about mobility, that's for sure. I think we would have played at least the wild card. Mm-hmm. I think I mean, we could have. What? Who was it? Who was it? Uh, I think we would have beat the Chargers too. I mean, we let we let Bruce Arians. I mean, Bruce Arians went went, and and, and Bruce Arians had us nine and zero. So uh, Zach <laughs> Zach is asking here. So do you believe Ballard will have a shared vision with a new head coach? Or will they have master massive roster turnover and changes like Saturday said in the end of his press? So I don't think I don't think Jeff said that there was going to be massive roster turnover. No, he he said coaching staff turnover. He meant coaching staff turnover because Jeff, what pretty much what Jeff said was that he didn't get along with any of the coaches on the roster, probably outside of Reggie Wayne, considering they played together but that was all frank staff and he didn't like how they were coaching it's pretty much what he was saying i don't think there's going to be any roster uh turnover at all i think most of the players we have now uh, are going to be back next year i think some of the guys might get re-signed some of the guys might not and that's another reason why I say that we aren't in a rebuild because you don't have a new GM. I don't think there's going to be massive roster turnover. I think, the coaching, I think the coaching staff will be changed regardless of um, uh, of who is hired, whether it be Jeff Saturday or somebody else comes into the building. So that would be a change 
Um, so I think Ballard will hire whichever coach. Well, I guess we got to worry about Ursay, but I think Ballard will hire whichever coach has the closest um, vision that he sees how this team should be playing um, and go from there. And then if we see fi- Ballard fired midseason or something like that next year, then we know that Ursay chose this coach and it wasn't Ballard's decision. Facts. Facts. Yeah, Dan Knight, I agree. Matt Pryor can go. I also want to say this. I think if we bring in a guy like D'Amico Ryans, I think Gus Bradley is gone. Oh, yeah. Oh, we yeah, talked we, about we, that. We discussed we that one. That. Yeah. yeah. I think if you bring in an offensive-minded guy like uh, uh, Eric Bieniemy, I think there's a high chance that Gus Bradley stays. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It'd be interesting to see how Bieniemy's offense works uh, with a solid defense. It would be uh, unstoppable Steve, almost. Steve Spagnuolo runs about engage eight <laughs> or cover four. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> between, bro. <laughs> but, okay, you've got to give Kansas City some credit, though. They've had a better defense this year than they've had in previous seasons the last five Well, years. the problem is, is they didn't go with some freaking 30-year-old vets, and they finally added some rookies to that defense to bring some life to you it. Leave, you leave fucking Eric Berry alone now, all right? That was different, bro. That man had cancer, came back, and won comeback player of the year. And I'm he was young. He was year. young then, though. They let that him go at 29. A, that man was a stud. I wanted him to come to Indy so bad. Yeah, Justin Houston. Chad, Chad. <laughs> I think, I think, that's facts. Hey, you know what's Eric, funny, you know what's funny Berry, about um, Justin Houston is he has the same amount of sacks as, uh, as uh, God damn it, uh, Yannick Ndakwe this year. Yeah, Justin had a good season this year, man. <laughs> Quiet, a quietly oh, good man. season. We He's just years go. old. So you we know could have paid, paid like a quarter of that salary to keep Justin Houston. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Uh, they're they're defense similar, but different guys. San Francisco Read it out loud, bud. Read it out loud. Come on. They're different. They're they're Use different. Boy defense is similar, uh, but different with Gus. San Francisco plays a ton of cover six and a mix in cover three and cover one. Gus was straight cover three. Yeah. I like cover three. I'm not gonna I mean, lie. Uh, I mean, I don't, I don't disagree with cover three, but the same thing we can say about Eberflus was he was straight cover two. It was like, but that's see, cover, defense, cover two has more. Our defense two has more. Uh, one set. But cover two is more weak spots than than cover three, in my opinion. You cover more field with cover three than you do cover. Well, that's two. because you got three linebackers out there that are playing. The, um, instead of playing uh, the corners, they're playing hook to curl. Well, so that fully that 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 still fully depends on what what personnel you're using. I mean, you don't yeah. always have three linebackers on the field in a cover three. And yeah. I think that's uh, and that's why I think sometimes we're kind of getting killed deep too, deep in yeah. the zones. Yeah, up those seams have been up ugly. those seams, man. The flats and the seams, bro. Not that's good. been a good part about the good part about our front seven, though. Our front seven has get up, given up a ton of run yardage, so. Plus for us there. So I'm a big fan of the cover six. I'm a big fan of the cover three, and it's just mainly because of the amount of field that is actually covered. I hate the cover two. I think the cover two is a weak defense, uh, and cover one is suspect. Depending everybody on loves. Now. Everybody loves that Tampa two these days. Fuck that Tampa two, dude. That's so it's weak. so outdated. It's, it's so outdated. It's, it's so, so outdated. outdated. Everybody loves it. Everybody loves it. It's crazy. 
What do we do with Shaq? Heard a lot of opinions. There is a lot of opinions about Shaq. Uh, Shaq alone. I, I have no one where, gonna go. I'm ready. Let, to, I, I'm, Shaq will, ready I'm willing to trade him, and I'm willing to keep him. It doesn't matter to me because Dan, I here's my not, question though. I am not ups. I don't get tied to to players. I don't. I don't get emotionally attached. Let Shaq. Uh, to me, they they. This is gonna sound bad, but they're a product. Yeah. The NFL is a business. These teams, these organizations are a business, and the players are the product. So, to me, if you trade them, you trade them. It's like selling a gallon of milk for a freaking different type of milk. <laughs> like, it's just – that's just me, man. I don't get attached. Uh, Dan, I don't know. Um, my, question, my, my question and my response to that would be um, – what do you do with Zaire Franklin? I mean, I think he was probably outside of Grove and Buckner, best player on our defense this year. Uh, I don't, I just don't know if you bench a guy. Do you, do you find ways to keep him on the field by maybe running a different scheme? So that that's a, that's an interesting point there. Uh, and what if, what if we do get a guy like, you know, trade him for his value now and, and make improvements what you need. Yeah, Chad, I agree. I agree. We're banking on a lot right now. Um, but here's the thing that we missed this year on defense too was turnovers. I mean, it was just a hunt for turnovers. I can't tell me how many times this season we're sitting here like, God, we could use a turnover right now or a stop. That's what having Shaq on the field is going to do. So it's 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 kind of a it's kind of a toss up for me. In a perfect world, you have both of them on the field at the same time. But um, yeah, and even what Zach said, maybe maybe Z and Shaq are coming back, and Bobby O was gone. I just think you got to have Zaire on the field. That guy played with tenacity on defense, and we need it. Here's that, my thing though. We we let go of old boy, the other linebacker came Walker remember his name. Anthony Walker. Walker. Anthony Walker. I wanted to say Matt Adams and I was like, that's not him at all. But yeah, Anthony Walker. We let go of Anthony Walker for Bobby O. So how can you just let Bobby O walk? He balled out too. That was the beginning of our leadership troubles on defense. Yeah, facts. I Walker mean Anthony Walker Anthony Walker and Shaq are best friends. I mean and you let his best friend walk. You ever you ever played with your best friend? As a linebacker, yep, I sure did. Yeah. There's a different chemistry on the field when you're playing with your best friend standing next to you. There's a totally different chemistry. A lot of pride. A lot yeah. of pride is on the field. What flies over me? What am I coming downhill and hitting? That was my I, mistake. We should I didn't let have Kenny Moore walk. I didn't have to worry about walking or worrying about one side of the field when I'm on this side of the field because this side of the field, I know it got down, and that side of the field, I know my boys got that shit down. And that's how it was with Shaq and Walker. That's just how it was. We can't we can't just let Bobby O walk after we let Anthony Walker walk for Bobby O. That's just my opinion. Yeah, no, you definitely I, I don't think you could like any of those guys walk. No. I so, I'm still I still think that was one of the dumbest moves by Chris Ballard was letting Anthony Walker walk. I mean the crazy thing is he let a lot of guys walk and didn't reload there. No. He did. So if you think about all the guys that we let walk, where it was Danico Autry, Anthony Walker, um, uh, my guy Malik Hooker. I mean, it was. We're forgetting EJ of... Speed too. We're forgetting EJ Speed. And that guy. No, 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 no. He would no. He was included when I said not. Not don't let any of those guys walk. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. You, you I, I'm gonna. To, I'm gonna. You need to keep that depth. I completely disagree with Zach when it comes to Bobby not being a master of anything because Shaq isn't better in coverage than Bobby O. 
I would I wouldn't even really say that. Yeah, he gets interceptions. He's in the right place at the right time. But with Shaq being the 100% complete linebacker, Bobby O is better than Zaire Franklin in the passing game, which is why we kept Bobby 100%. O. Because Shaq is better than Zaire and Bobby O in the run game. Oh. Uh... You can't deny that. I mean, I mean, when you, forcing when you, tur- forcing turnovers in the run game, yes, but coming downhill on tackling, I mean, dude, Zaire. I've never brutal. seen him. I've never seen him have an issue. The only time he ever got he ever missed a tackle was when Derrick Henry threw a stiff arm on him. Yeah, that was bad. But that was it. But coming yeah, downhill and making a tackle in a run game, he's done it. He's did it to every single running back, including Derrick Henry. He just had an unbalanced play when he got stiff arm. But is that is that is that simply what we're describing right here worth ten percent or a cap? Who Shaq? Yeah, the turnovers. Yeah, I agree. I agree with the turnovers. That's is my question for you. You know what I mean? Do we go and acquire picks in this? Do we go for a player? I'm just I'm just concerned about letting Bobby O go. That's that's um, my concern. I I think yeah. that because Ken Zaire Franklin become that guy he can. that he can. like Ken not. And that's my fair. He had a good year, sure. He had a good year, sure. The part is, if you let him go, do you replace him? Because that's been our problem. But everyone wants to let him go because they think Zaire is going to replace Bobby O. And I don't think that I don't think that's going to be the case at all. Well, Zaire doesn't play coverage like Bobby O. So Bobby O. saved us on in coverage a couple times this season. Yeah, Dallas game one hundred (laughs) percent. Bobby O was there in man coverage. He covered better man coverage than Kenny Moore does. He was a man coverage linebacker. I disagree 100% with that. Yeah, I think he was definitely by far our best coverage linebacker. And not somebody that we can just let walk out of the building. We need to make sure we keep him. That'd be one. That'd be that'd be one less thing to worry about in free agency or the draft or whatever. And then we could just make sure we we uh, get our corners, make sure they're going to be uh, good to go for the season, and then also pass rusher getting that figured out. So that'd be one less thing to worry about. What receiver would you take in in a trade for Shaq? But, but here's that the we could afford comfortably. That's what Chad uh, said. Uh, there isn't. There isn't one. In a trade. No, 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 unless no, no. You, unless you're, you're going to give me Justin Jefferson. You're trading Shaq for picks. Yeah. Huh? You're trading Who? Shaq for picks. Draft picks is what he's saying. Draft oh. picks. Oh, draft picks. Oh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm not I trading him for a player. I'm trading for draft yeah. picks. I was about to say, if I'm trading Shaq for a player, the Vikings are giving me Justin Jefferson. <laughs> Facts. Facts. Or San Fran's giving me fucking Debo. Oh, please. <laughs> That's, that's what I want so bad. Or, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I'm, I'm yeah, I, need a, I need an instant playmaker. Facts. Okay. Listen, give me. I'll, I'll take. I'll take a late first round pick. Because I'm keeping. I'm keeping four. So you're giving me a late two. first round pick. I need two. You want two first round picks? I want two. My guy is giving you. My guy is giving for this year though. I'm talking. I'm talking. I'm talking this year. I'm talking this my year's guy, draft. My guy is giving you ten plus turnovers a year. I All need right. two. So you're giving me a first for this year and a first for next year, and yep. then you're giving me a second, maybe yep. two. Yep. Then I can then I can sleep at night and say, okay. Zach, I'm not taking Zach Lamar. Lamar. <laughs> I'm not taking Lamar. <laughs> I'm not taking Lamar. 
Okay, but but hold on. I want to go back to this where he says, bro, no way we're paying three linebackers. That's crazy. Zaire's not making that much money. Yeah, yeah I was about to say, Zaire's on like a three-year, like nine-mil. Three-year. Yeah, yeah. three-year, nine-mil deal. Yeah. What you talking about? He's he's getting paid like a kicker. And then the most you pay uh, um, Bobby is what? What is um, what is guy from San Francisco making? Greenlaw, what is he making? I don't um, know what Greenlaw's maybe, making. Maybe five million? So, What's his name? Uh, Dre Greenlaw. But I do so, agree with I do agree with Zach in a sense. You don't pay all three of them big money. We can, we no that, no not no no no. If it's big that's, money, then obviously that's our issue with Chris Ballard. That's no, our issue see, with Chris Ballard, though. See, no, no, but see, there's a difference though. Like, look, he's making he's make he's on a two year sixteen point four million dollar contract. Oh, that's eight. Mm mm. I'd give him a three year. 15 Ten million, million guaranteed. Ten million guaranteed. Seven. I'd give him okay. I'd do a three year, fifteen million, nine million guaranteed. Is that not? Yeah. I I feel like five million a year. You get you get nine of that guaranteed. So there's only uh six million left on the deal. So you're gonna make six million over three years. I think that's I think that's fair. Yeah, you don't get a lot of money, but most of it is guaranteed. Chad said, "How about we trade Shaq, our second round pick this year, and next year's first round for Chicago's number one? No, so we all and we so we hold number one and number four. No, because here's the thing. Here's the thing. I, I just Chicago, don't see the need. Chicago wouldn't pay old boy for one. We no. got to make sure we make trades look legit because yeah, uh, I mean the stuff that we seen from Bears fans, nobody in their right mind would do unless there's here's the, fans. here's the thing. Them getting Shaq, our second round pick." And next year's first round pick, that's Chicago beating us in that trade. They won that trade. Getting fleeced. Yeah, we just got fleeced and, and Ballard won't take that. So I don't even see us moving up. I don't see us moving up at all. Yeah, I don't either. I think you stay patient and you can't go wrong between Bryce Young or CJ Stroud, even though even though I prefer CJ Stroud, I think there's no point to reach because of the fact that you can't justify if that guy doesn't work out. Facts. And and that's another reason why how Zach said here he said Shaq for Lamar, I do not want to trade for a veteran quarterback uh, like Lamar for this reason. Damon, stop smelling yourself, bro. Um, I was yawning, not trying to do it in the mirror. L- Lamar has missed five games last year, six games this year, and you trade for him. He is starting to become injury prone, and it's not even from his play style. He he got hurt in the pocket, just so everybody knows. Um, but he's becoming injury prone, and he's not going to stay healthy down the stretch. And then also, you got to pay him two hundred million guaranteed. Like I do not want to do this with a veteran, and you end up with a situation that he may not work out. I'm not of the idea that we should go for any veteran unless it is a free agent vet that we can get on a cheap deal, and that's it. That's where I'm at with that. Facts. Zach also says, front-loaded maybe, but I'm not a fan of paying linebackers unless they're Zach special. Here, I'm going to say this real quick, because I've been doing these podcasts with Zach for about three years now. Zach doesn't like to pay anybody. Nah, unless, he likes to pay people. Uh, unless they're elite. Nah, he doesn't like to pay anybody unless they're elite. From, from the, from this man's like, okay, unless like, I don't, elite, he's yeah, like, yeah, yeah, he's like, I don't want to pay a running back unless they're, you know. Yeah. Oh, fuck don't, don't pay a running back even unless it's. Uh, like, yeah. it's he yeah. thinks our wide receivers are trash, and they're actually pretty good. They're decent. <laughs> Zach's a hater. Yeah. 
But Zach I agree with Zach here, though. I agree with Zach here, though. I don't. I don't. Well, because the problem is, the problem is, you can't say everybody's not special, so don't pay them. You need those. See, this is the thing I've learned about like college, bro. Like when you see rosters start to stack up, and every be like, everybody's like, "Oh, this team is so good because they're the number one ranked class." But the thing you'll notice is they'll have three five stars. They'll have twenty four stars. And like 15 three stars. You need those in between players, those three and those four stars. Everybody right. doesn't have to right. be. But let, but let me right. explain what Zach is trying to explain. I think y'all are taking me and his points wrong here. The Colts are built backwards. Let's go. We have a star running back and a star middle linebacker. That is not how you want a Super Bowl. Not with this coaching staff in today's bro, hold NFL. On, hold on, hold on, what he's trying on. to explain is why are we why are we going to go and, and, and structure up what would that be if we kept Shaq, paid Bobby O, and had you know Zaire on the field? That'd I'll be answer thirty that real million. Quick. But let me explain myself. That'd be thirty million dollars. It's our linebacking core. I understand, but here, here's here's the difference. Our quarterback is on a, a rookie deal. If we draft a quarterback, who cares what we pay these other guys? Because now you're keeping the continuity of a defense that was elite until they just said, "Fuck it, I'm done," because our offense was trash. The rest of the roster is already paid, and you just put a quarterback who could potentially be your franchise guy who is legit on a rookie deal. You ain't paying him anything but 18 mil. But I would, that but that's, deal, we're not saying that rookie don't. deal is over, Shaq's deal is done. He's we're old. not saying don't pay someone like Bobby. Right. We're saying front load it. Front load it. Put the money up front. Don't. But that's what I said. That's why I said. That's why I said why? nine million. But, but, but he's making I get that. To, for the next three years. I get that. But my disagreement with. Zach is that he's saying you don't pay linebackers, right? He doesn't. Well, he he likes to pay defensive ends, offensive linemen, and CBs. And I don't understand why you want to ignore the rest of the team that's just as important as those positions, because the defensive line ain't shit without linebackers. That front seven works as one as a unit. Yep. And and we're oh, forgetting that. If the Mike linebackers, you're gonna be getting ran on all day. Shaq, Shaq is a will. He is a weak side linebacker. He is not a Mike. The Mike is the most important linebacker on the field. Because he's a quarterback of the defense. Been. Exactly. The defense. Always right. has been, always will be. He's more important than paying a DB. He's more important than paying because if you have a guy like Ray Lewis and you're paying him properly, I'm sorry, Shaq is not a Ray Lewis. Because he's no. a weak side linebacker. No. I'm he's sorry, not coming I, downhill. He's not coming downhill most of the time. No. But, but, and the thing is, is I'm not paying O-line as much as what everybody wants to pay O-line. We have our O-line overpaid drastically. Correct. We don't pay O-line this okay. much. We're on the same page here. We're on the same page here, I think. And, but, like, for example, contracts like Kenny Moore's contract. And he wants more money. We're paying a guy, was I think he's getting, what, $15 million as a slot corner? Yeah, giving guys like Kenny Moore that type of contract is why we don't have a AJ Brown on our team. No, so th- so this is the reason why Kenny Moore is going to walk. Is <laughs> that like Kenny Moore's gone? Yeah, I our mean, obviously gone. we're, we're comparing. You know, but that that's why. I'm, that's but my thing is, and 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 I'm agreeing with Zach when it comes to A plus players get elite money. Everybody right. else will be cheap on a rookie deal or cheap deals. But you don't underpay a player. This is how you lose people, right? But you don't overpay a player. A good GM is good enough to find that median. 
And what we need to find is the medium with Bobby O. But because Bobby is not elite. He's not an A-plus player. Well, He's I'm thinking a about B. other good defenses, too, though. Like, okay, who, what's a team that's probably going to win the Super Bowl this year? We'll take the Buffalo Bills, Kansas City Chiefs. Average defenses, superstar offenses we can't compare, right? Apples to oranges. But that linebacking core, not that special. Rookies, mm. unproven talent. We yeah, got. You guys, we you we guys paid Shaq because he's special. Yeah, we but you're Shaq. looking. You're look. You guys are looking around the league at the wrong teams, though. You guys cannot tell me. Name me one team that had that does not have an established quarterback with a number one receiver that isn't other paying other positions. You have to pay those other positions if you're not strong at quarterback. So right. yeah, we may be built backwards, but you guys are keep naming stuff that we don't have. So right, here's a, yeah, exactly. Like, it was just like it was just like last that year. We you could have if we did oh, not hold on, overpay. Hold on, hold on, hold on. But here's yeah, the thing: we're on, already look, built backwards, so yeah, we look, have look. to continue to build that way. No, yeah, we, we don't. Be, yes, yes, we, we do. We have, we have or to, else we're in a rebuild. This is the first yeah. season we get a new coach and a no. top five draft pick for a skill player. You have plenty of time. If we players won't go to to the Chargers until they got Justin Herbert. You if we if we if we change the way we built the team, if now we're like, okay, instead of paying people we have and we're just gonna draft this quarterback and start getting all new people, that's a rebuild. We're not in a rebuild. So you need to pay we, what we, we have, draft the – yes, and draft the quarter. We've already built backwards. I understand no, what you're saying. We built backwards. If that's the case. Like, if that's we the need case. to stay in the route we're going, and we will be fine. If that's the case, we're a running football team on offense. We are. Correct. We are, so 100%. We are. Okay, okay. So, okay. so like, look – like We just need a quarterback for, who can complement it with being able to move. So, for prime right. example, for prime example for what you, you and Zach's situation, what you're saying, look – um. Who was it? Uh, 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 God damn it. I just forgot his guy. I don't name. know, but Damon called but it. He re- said in the beginning that we were going to have a lot of freaking debates tonight. <laughs> the because from, I'm a- the receiver from the Chicago Bears, um, Allen Robinson, he okay. wanted to he wanted to leave the Chicago Bears because they didn't have an established cur- uh, quarterback. They went with, with uh, Justin Fields. Correct. He was in free agency. The Colts were a favorite to land him. But he didn't choose the Colts because they didn't have a quarterback at the time. We then got Matt Ryan. There is no receiver in the league that is going to want to choose a team that doesn't have an established quarterback. Facts. So we have to keep Justin what Herbert, we have. Justin Herbert went from 2,300 yards last year to 3,500 this year. Receivers like Chase Claypool are now like, okay, I'll go to Chicago to go play with that guy, even though Chase Claypool is not a number one. But you have to establish what you have before we can get into these conversations about don't pay these positions. Right. So That's all we're we, saying. Once we establish that we can get our quarterback and he can throw to the guys that we have and figure out if they're number ones, they're number twos, we got guys that just aren't competitive enough. Once you get the quarterback in, in place, just like the Bengals did when they had Tyler Boyd and then they drafted Joe Burrow. And then they were like, okay, let's get him a receiver in this same draft. And they went and got T. Higgins. They're like, okay, boom, we got this. Justin Herbert goes – or uh, Joe Burrow goes out there. He balls, but he gets hurt. It's like, okay, what should we do? Should we go offensive line? No, they're not. They say, fuck the protecting the quarterback. We got a real guy. Go get him Jamar Chase. That's how we need to build once you see you got that guy because then eventually you can add a son, a Sam Hubbard, and somebody else, and then boom. Hold on. 
Zach, you're 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 misunderstanding what we're saying. You you're stuck on this big bucks thing. No one said pay Bobby O big bucks. We're not trying to pay him fifteen million. No, no one said that. We're saying we need to keep him. I'm not even trying to pay him ten million each year. I said five million each year. But here's my Stop. question for you, then. So we're using this example, right, Marco? And I'm not trying to cra- crazily disagree here, but. I'm wanting us to have money to go after an A.J. Brown, to go after a Tyree Kill. Granted, we need a quarterback. I get it. But we're talking about it's a running football team, and we don't need to retool. We don't need to rebuild. What is our identity? But no matter how much what money is we it? have, no we matter have how much— our identity. Exactly. So no matter yes, how we- much money we have, <clears throat> no matter how much money we have, we're not going to be able to pull in anybody because we— don't have identity because we don't have a quarterback. How do you expect to sign or, or, you know, anyone like a Tyreek Hill or somebody like an AJ Brown or bring any of those guys in with the money that you guys want without having a quarterback? I agree. So, so then we're so not the a running football we keep, team. We keep naming, you guys keep naming these receivers. We're just naming like Brown, players. We're naming like players. They're not naming, we're not saying we're going to go out and get those. No, guys. no, no. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying it's not exact guys, but it's like, like, like the, the situation that, that um, Justin Jefferson in right now is a perfect example. But the problem I have with it is that the fact that you guys keep saying we're going to go get AJ Brown or Tyreek Hill. What were they doing? They were going from, either a non-established quarterback or an established quarterback to a guy that they think they believe in will be an established quarterback. Facts. We don't have anybody. We have to establish that before we go trade. Okay, so who are we talking about going to trade for? Because you guys keep saying A.J. Brown or Debo Samuel. That's not what we're trying to say. What we're trying to say is we get our guy. We get our guy like C.J. Stroud, right? Let's say this year we, we run it back with this offense, new coach, everything. Receiver craps the bed, which I bet it does. But that's my opinion. Okay, but, that's but my you're opinion. looking but let me next finish. year. But let but that's <laughs> what y'all, y'all gotta let me explain. Y'all keep cutting me off. Let me explain. Okay, okay. By giving another person like Kenny a contract, like giving someone like Bobby O another contract, we're limiting ourselves for when we get this guy, CJ Stroud, our receiving core does not do good. We have the money to acquire that talent because we believe in this quarterback. Not if we do what you said and you front load. What so, do you mean? If we front load it, Bobby it's o, that, if that you, contract money's if, gone after this year. If we okay, sign, but, if we sign Bobby O this offseason, because this is his contract year, if we re-sign Bobby O this offseason and we front load it, that means his salary cap is hitting the 2023 season. That means when it starts the 2024 season in March of 2024, our ca- our salary cap. His front-loaded contract is not impacting that salary cap. So then you can still go out and go get who you need. So you guys said front load. Yeah. Front load that cheap deal that me and DeMarco are talking about. And and, we're and, not, exactly, and, and and right here, another example is we're not paying any receivers. We're not, not, we right, still, now. not right now. We're not. not right now. We're not. So we still have money. So just like, look, Dan Knight's comment right here, rookie QB. If we had CJ Stroud go four and 13 next year, I have, I said about seven wins next year. And then draft Marvin Harrison Jr. The Raiders have seven wins, and they're the seventh pick in the draft. We take Marvin Harrison Jr., boom, you have a receiver, and you haven't had to pay anybody. That'd be the best case scenario. Oh, that's what I'm trying to tell you. <laughs> that, that'd be the best case scenario in that that's sense. What, that's Please what I'm understand to what I'm trying guys. to say. I'm, 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 trying I'm, trying to say I'm trying to say you don't Hold jump on. the gun hey, on paying play. a receiver if you cannot find a guy to throw him the ball. But please understand what I'm trying to explain here. 
I'm sick of the mediocre average players on our roster. I'm ready for the superstars, the money to be spent. I'm over it. Oh, my goodness. Michael Pittman Jr. Oh, good. You need the quarterback first, though, man, because here's the thing, right? Nobody's going to want to come here if you're not established. That's all we're trying to say. And this is the year we get to do that, right? And that's why I'm like, we don't have an identity. Are we really a running football team? Y'all say yes. I don't know. I think we have one top five running back in football healthy. No, if we had a coach that would stick to what our, what our identity should be, we would be a ready Facts. team. Facts. So, Zach says, Frank. so Zach says, cannot find a true, I don't know, whatever. I think he said but, a true receiver. Right, but still having that cash to be aggressive and free, and free agency is definitely a plus. Sure, well, having the cash to be saying, aggressive. Well, basically, but, he's saying he he's not he, – he's saying finding that guy would be hard. But we still need to be aggressive to bring in talent. It would be a plus. Right. It would be something that we but, would favor. But if you can't, if you can't say we are contending for a Super Bowl because of, we don't get guys right? like Stephon. Then Gilmore. you don't, don't get, get guys like Stephon. You don't get OBJ, who's still a free agent, thirty-two years old, thirty-three years old. Doesn't matter. Yes, it does. Because we're going back to this old. OBJ is a superstar. Stephon Gilmore. Oh, come on. Stefan Stefan Gilmore, Gilmore was a top five player on this roster and he was 32 years Hold old. On. Rams don't win the Super Bowl without OBJ last year. Look who else they had on that offense. I'm just saying. They had a an old Matthew Stafford and a 31-year-old Aaron Donald. Receiving core. Cooper Cup, man. Best NFL season of any receiver. That's one receiver. That's one receiver. That's one receiver. OBJ. On, that's one receiver in OBJ. I can't believe you just say he's a superstar. That guy ain't gone for a thousand yards in like seven seasons. Okay, but that's the problem. You guys keep thinking superstar. He did play for the roster. Cleveland Browns, though. <laughs> Granted, but you can win the Giants. And as a matter of fact, <laughs> even though he hasn't put up a thousand yards, OBJ is but, still a superstar. But here's the thing: you put you put OBJ Zach. on you put OBJ on your roster, Zach. and you instantly open up everything. No, nope, I don't want to hear anything about Howie I do. Roseman. Nope. No, 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 no. Fuck that, dude. You guys are not going to sit here and talk about how good Howie Roseman is. The Eagles fans were literally calling for this man to be fired last year. And they're the impatient. Wanted, exactly. That's what you guys need to be patient. That's what I'm trying to tell you guys. We can't keep sitting here acting like every roster is loaded with superstars. That's not how it works, Demarco. How long has he been the? Uh, how long has he been the GM there? I, I really don't know. I'm just asking. How Roseman? I, I want to say he's been the GM there since 2016. 2010. He's been the GM since 2010. So in this case, that's a long damn time. He's almost so been fired twice. 2010 to 2014, he was the GM. 2015 to 2018, he took a promotion to be the vice president, and then in 2019, he came back to be the GM. <laughs> Patience. It takes patience. So if we're going from 2019. No, Zach, what are you loading up on? We don't have anything to load up on. We don't. You can't go buy a Super Bowl when you haven't established anything. Like, guys, we got to have some patience here to get the guys in the building. You're saying load up and get it done. What did the the, the, the the Rams did? They loaded up means. when they got a Matthew St- No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I have Rams, to disagree with you. I have to disagree with you. 
they were already loaded up before they got Matthew Stafford. Uh, the only person they, they added with Matthew Stafford was OBJ. Okay. They went to the Super Bowl two years before. Okay, but, see, but they were already loaded. They had an offense loaded. The Kansas City Chiefs, what do they do? They got talent, they load up. The Eagles, what do they do? They got Jalen Hurst, they find out he's good, they load up. You have to have something to load up. You can't just say, hey, we're the Colts. We got $80 million. Let's go try and get talent and then not have a quarterback. We have After. Jonathan Taylor load up. Oh my goodness! Uh, yes, we do. No, because we have Frank Wright as a head coach. You but can't Tom, hold up. We don't have Frank Wright as a coach. No, we <laughs> had. We had. Is trying to say we get our quarterback. We get. We have money in the bank. We have capital. Finally, we load up. If this guy pans out, draft a quarterback. Yeah, but let see, him play this next season. See, and go see, hold load on. This up is. And get this I agree with. This That's what I we're trying to explain. No, no, no you know what? No, no. I think Matt. I think I found the disconnect that we're having here. Me I, st- you, I just want to keep me, Bobby up. Me, me and you are stuck. That's what started in, this whole uh, thing. We're in 2023. They're and thinking, they're in 2024. 2024 <laughs> they're already a year ahead. Because uh, we don't disagree with you guys. You guys are just expecting it tomorrow. And we're saying it's going to take a year to get there. Yeah. I think that's where our disconnect is. Listen, no, no, no. Hold on. My disconnect is I just want to keep Bobby O. <laughs> I mean, I, I want to keep Bobby. We're now two hours in now. On a on a cheap deal, we're at two hours in. We've talked for twenty minutes. We went off script, and all I wanted was Bobby O to stay. Yeah, let's go. Exactly. With, uh, let's go. With, let's go with Dan Knight here. <laughs> well, the Colts <laughs> tight ends uh, be. Oh God! Call, you guys are cutting into my mean, war zone I think time. You mean, uh, grandson with me. and Kamani Woods to start the season. Honestly, Dan Knight, I've discussed with these guys, and they've agreed with me that I would trade Mo Ali Cox, get his contract off of the uh, off the um, books here, and then we would feature Jelani Woods, go with Kylan Granson, and then start to work in our, our boy who got hurt, Ogletree, in the offseason. Ursay wants two Super Bowls this decade. Go buy it. Zach, you're not lying. You're not lying. Ursay said it. Draft your quarterback I mean, and spend the money. He's got to find a way to deliver. So yeah, you don't I mean, add a, So we pull up Chad's question here. So you don't add a receiver with JT and Moss to complement whichever QB we take. That's not what we're saying. Better Chad, not, I want better receiver. not. Hey, look, look here, look here. If he want to take you guys' plan and he wants to load up, he better not draft Will Levis and hire Jeff <laughs> Saturday. He better not hire Jeff Saturday and draft Will Levis if he wants to take you guys' plan. The Giants about to pull the comeback. No, they are not. <laughs> I don't know, man. Jags were down like 27 nothing. Hell no. <laughs> Watch. Oh, I'm just man. Dude, that is <laughs> Daniel Jones is not Trevor Lawrence. Mm-mm. That is ugly. Man. Man, that was a good debate, man. I like when we have debates. Remember the one time me and Zach got into it pretty bad. Yeah, that was a real awkward way to end an episode. I'll tell you that because it was oh. just quiet. And I was like, "All right, guys." So- yeah, I, I'm. I remember not coming back to the group <laughs> chat for like three hours. I was so pissed, and all we debated about was what was more important: left offensive tackle, right? line. Yeah, it was either offensive line or corner, and I was like, "We need a fucking corner." <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, I, I was name. I, I I I get I get pretty heated and passionate and whatnot, but I always keep it within the context of we're just 
talking football and we may disagree on an opinion. No, that that was me and Zach, but it was heated. <laughs> it wasn't like we were going personally at each other. It was just nope, Zach. I don't want to hear about Harry Roseman. He almost lost his job last year. I, he I, lost I, his I, job ten years ago. That's what I'm saying. Like I don't, I can't I can't possibly keep hearing about like Howie Roseman. He almost got fired. Eagles fans were calling for his head, and look at him now. They may uh, be getting ready for a Super Bowl. So. Here's the thing. Howie Roseman lost his job over a decade ago when Chip Kelly was the head coach, and then Chip Kelly became the GM and head coach, and then they fired Chip Kelly, rehired Howie Roseman as GM, and then, boom, here we are today. Yep. So um, I think I think Chris Ballard would look like a genius if he hires one of the coaches that we discussed, gets C.J. Stroud, we look a, a little rough this year and get CJ through his patches. We get Marvin Harrison Jr. next year, and then boom, we start to trend up. And you see free agents want to come to Indy, and then I wanna, Chris Ballard will look like a genius. I want to steer off a little bit. Who is the number one wide receiver prospect in the draft? Probably Quentin Johnson. Yeah, that's that's everybody's number one right now. Do you think he goes number one to Chicago? Oh, absolutely not. Okay, he's good, so but he's not one, so one good. if because here this is what I'm thinking. I'm I'm Chicago. I've got the number one draft pick. I already have my quarterback. I have Chase Claypool, who could be a wide receiver one. Who am I going number one? They go defensive tackle or defensive yeah. end. We had the discussion in the group chat, and they were saying they would go defensive tackle and get the guy out of Georgia. I think it was Carter. Yeah. Anthony me Carter. personally, me personally, I favor edge rushers over defensive tackles. So I, I was too. saying, I was saying you would take Will Anderson from Alabama and you get you a set edge rusher for the next ten years. Yeah, but Receiver. I will, I will say, I will say this. I think that the reason they want to go defensive tackle before edge rush is because I think it is easier to build a defensive line from the outside in or from the inside out than it is yeah. from the outside in. Well, I think if you. Carter's you, supposed to be better than Will Anderson as far as like like talented wise. Yeah, if you if you solidify that interior defensive line, you're gonna help the outside, and it it kind of gives you a grace period to go ahead and find an edge rusher maybe the next year, because kind of like how we did it with DeForest and Grover, we kind of solidified that interior, and it forces let's say the run game to push outside, which if we have guys that can contain the edge, which Tyquan Lewis is that guy, in my opinion. I hope we keep him. Um, it just makes it easier, in my opinion. I mean, honestly, I think the Bears, the, the if, line. if the Bears are smart and they really want to try and get a lot of things fixed at one time, they're going to trade back um, and then get a that would be, player and then get a receiver because I don't think any of these receivers are going top ten. No, I mean, receiver is not really a position to <laughs> shoot up until combine and pro day time anyways. That's where you, you, you get a lot. I mean, DK Metcalf was like what? He was he was a protected really Second late. Overall. That guy showed – that guy – simply a picture got posted of him shirtless and, and I'm gonna, he, you know. I, I, I like, I like to make this point – I like to make this point every year around draft time, and I'm going to say it now, and I'll probably say it again right before the draft. NFL teams across the NFL are 85% third-round to fifth-round players. Teams are built off of third-round, fifth-round players from well, third-round to fifth. Of, the, the, just because of that conversation we made off of Will Levis, a lot of first-round picks are overrated. Yes. They, they get missed. Yes. Because they get overrated by somebody and they become a bust. And the third and fifth round picks are the guys that are more yep. valuable. Third round, fourth round, fifth round players are the are, that's 
that's the best day to watch the draft. Uh, it's typically typically the second round is pretty good too, um, but the third, fourth, fifth, that's where you got to watch the draft because that's where you're gonna find some of these hidden superstars that come out of nowhere, like the T.Y. Hiltons. T.Y. Hilton was a third round draft pick. That dude was a thousand yard receiver for what six, seven years straight. Yep, yep. Those late round picks. Those are guys that get evaluated more. Um, just because of their positioning alone. So yeah, that that that'd be my thing. I I just don't think any of these receivers are going top ten. I think um, guys like Marvin Harrison Jr. coming out next year are going to be more highly touted. Um, but just like Zach said, Zay Flowers is the number one prospect at wide receiver. But I don't think he's going to be the number one taken receiver um, because of his size and whatnot. I think he's more of a, the versatile guy that's going to get taken All right. later. So. All right. All right, so I'm tracking you guys got to go. Uh, Damon already left. He's got to go pick up his uh, his lady's prescription. Um, yep. Tracking you got to go, too. I'm pretty sure I can hear your kids. Yeah, they're so. I'm going to make sure they don't burn my house down. Yeah, so, all right, everybody. It was definitely a good talk, definitely a good discussion. Zach, we missed you. Wish we could have had that debate with you here on the actual, on the actual podcast and not within the comments, man. Uh, I hope you drive safe and that you get home soon. Uh, be with your family, but wish there could have been a better game for everybody as well with this uh, Eagles and Giants game. Yeah, I, I I was watching it here on my phone at the same time as we're doing this. So, but yeah, it was a good show. Good show, guys. I appreciate everybody coming out in the comments as always. Chad, uh, Nathan, um, Tristan that came through. Again. Tristan, I couldn't remember his name. He was here. Zach, appreciate you coming in. Ashley came in and said hello and then left. Uh, Remember, guys, make sure you share us, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Spotify, uh, Apple Podcasts. We are everywhere, YouTube. Um, make sure to share. Make sure to watch. Uh, there's Colts fans out there, man. There's Colts fans that don't know that there's podcasts like this. Make sure to share us. That they can come sure. hang out with us. And let's go T.Y. Hilton tomorrow. Still rooting uh, for the guy. Yeah. Big, big cock Brock. And then uh, you guys see I got my draft hat on. You know, we're ready for draft season. I've got uh I believe my, my draft hat. This was like 2018, I think. 2018, 2019. Yes. Draft hat. So yeah. Appreciate you guys I as like always. Alright, everybody. I hope you all have a good night. And it is always go Colts. Go Colts. He is gonna drop the throw. Fires deep along the right sideline for Alec Pierce. He's got it! Touchdown!